The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune, or there's the other way. Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection. Two-time winner of CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbell alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. You barely notice it's there. But what's truly remarkable is you can set up this system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops. And there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. So go to simplysafe.com and use promo code TEAM today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. So go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com and use promo code TEAM. That's simplysafe.com, promo code TEAM. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins Sitting in the bleachers in the rain We've shed a million tears and drank as many old-style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sun Rento. Michael Cotton. Sun Rento. Michael Cotton. Sun Rento and the lovable Lucy. Boutros Golly. Sun Rento. Michael. Sun Rento. Cotton. Sun Rento and the lovable Lucy. Michael Cotton. Oh, you sound COVID-free, Michael Cotton. Oh, I'm, you're, hey, you're, I'm feeling good. I played a little, uh, I played some catch. Went out and played some catch in the backyard with my son earlier today. It's a nice, uh, beautiful day out here, and uh, everyone's staying away from me. So, yeah, things are good. Sounds good. Well, uh, welcome uh, back to the show, <laughs> uh, Mr. Michael Cotton, for the 800th time. And uh, we also have uh, Creepy Crawly out there. Creepy in the suburbs of Chicago, living in a tree, running away from COVID, wearing a mask. Um, yeah. How's it going with you? Going good. You know, you're just getting used to the new normal. I mean, I wish there was an easier way to do this. You know, yesterday should have been the home opener. And, you know, it just it's, it's sometimes there's moments where you realize that this is just like a bizarro world. Well, as Lee Elia once said. And uh, I, I've got to say, it, you know, I know a lot of people were depressed yesterday, being that it was, we were all supposed to be downtown. Bleacher Bump Band was going to be playing. We're going to be, you know, rocking out. You know, hopefully the Cubs win, beat the shitty Pirates. But instead, like, we all just kind of had to imagine that. I'd, I was even more depressed seeing that people were, like, doing simulations of the, what the game would have been. And I was like, ah. <laughs> And I, I think I commented on the Ranchers page. Somebody had posted one of the simulations, and I'm like, "Listen, 
I, I do not want to. I mean, like this is like jacking off to cartoons. You know what I mean? It's like not even close to the real thing. And so I and because you just heard her laugh, uh, we have a very special guest on the show today. And it's Val Capone, the official bartender of the Ranters. So welcome. Oh, is it officially official now? I always thought I was officially the unofficial or unofficially the official. Either way, I'll take the title. I'll take any job I can get right now. Well, you don't get a badge or any money, just like uh, everybody yeah, else. It, it doesn't okay. pay well, unfortunately. Yeah, but, So kind of like the 2020 MLB season. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. So we're pretty much the same, although... Uh, We'll, we'll we'll work out something. Maybe I can give you a, a T-shirt or something. <laughs> you nice. could use it for toilet paper. Um, <laughs> so I, I have a song. I got I got to introduce you. But never fear for here, here comes Val Capone. I'll take it. I just got to br- drink and thank her, Val Capone. <laughs> so. So it doesn't it doesn't really work. Somebody needs to change this song, and I think I'm. I think it that. worked out perfectly, honestly. Yeah. So I'm happy with it. So, uh, well, welcome. We wanted to have you on because we, you know, since there's no baseball, uh, that we've been doing like a uh, kind of get to know a ranter sort of thing. Michael had his kids on, uh, you know, and other podcasts I noticed are actually having uh, Cubs players on. <laughs> have we thought of doing that? <laughs> nah. Well, I mean, you had two uh, minor other. leaguers on. Oh yeah, that's or right. actually one minor leaguer, but yeah, one minor leaguer. We had to give him a shit ton of money for it, though. Mm-hmm. Well, that- I shouldn't say a shit ton. We gave him very little in the grand scheme of things. We but gave him we gift- gave him a bunch of money. We gave him gift cards to Chinese restaurants, is what we did. <laughs> I, I will absolutely take that if you want to pay me to be on the show in gift cards from Cozy Noodles. I would. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, well, funny you mention all uh, guests of uh, the Sun Ranto show get gift cards to the Cozy Noodles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just so happened to be the truth. Danny, so, I thought we just told people that we would canoodle them. Oh, oh okay. What is it? What is canoodling? That, that's how we got Crawley to join the show. Yeah, we canoodled them. I still yeah. haven't gotten canoodled yet. Well, we can't now. It's can, yeah. it's you can't canoodle each other. Social distancing. You cannot canoodle effectively from six feet away. That's just how it is. So, um, a, a couple of announcements before we get started, and uh, we're going to talk to Val all about her life at Wrigley Field, um, and in Chicago. But um, I, a couple of announcements. I want to say thank you to everybody that participated in the "Stay the Fuck Inside" video. I'm so happy with how it turned out. I worked really hard at it. I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud, mostly, that so many people participated. And the most disappointing thing about the entire project is that there ended up being 68 people in the video. Oh, dude, I'm the slacker because I was like, I'll get you something on, you know, before the weekend. But then you needed it Saturday and I kind of had to tend to, you know, my life imploding. So I didn't have the mental thought of like, hey, dumbass, record your part of stay the fuck inside because I, man, I could have been 69, dude. You could have been. Uh, well, nice. Next, well, you know, you don't know. You could have been like 38 if you got it into me on time. Like, I believe. No, the, I would have been a slacker and gotten it very last minute. But um, here's the thing is I can recut the video and just put you in somewhere. Like, All right. I'll, I'll, I'll find a I'll find a place where it gets wonky, and then you could be the the sixty ninth um, member of the. Uh, let me nice. re let me recount because I recounted. You can give her uh, you can give her one of my family's spots. 
because you use the exact same clip twice. No, I <laughs> or didn't. At least it looks like it. No, They're it's very not. short. And when I saw the second one, I'm like, did he no. just like copy and no, paste? L- look that again. One over here? Look again. Pay more attention, Michael, because <laughs> there's one in which you're <laughs> clapping and one in which your son is clapping. Ah. Details. That's the difference. See, that's nice why thing. I am uh, going to win an Emmy. I don't know. Can you win an Emmy for putting something on YouTube? The tube. I'm going to get a Tubi. But anyway. Tubi. We'll give Nobody you a Tubi. Nobody wants a Tubi. It, it came out great. John Baker got in it. I got Kaplan to be in it. There's like a Grammy Award winning uh, children's songwriter named Barry Polazar, who I listened to in the late 70s. Who I, who, he's from the Virginia area where I spent until I was age seven. And uh, and I had his records and I wore them out because they were really silly. So he taught me so much. And and then we became friends later. And I got on one of his compilation albums. And then I asked him to be on this. So he went on it. There's like the top uh, radio, this the radio producer on the Z100 morning show in, uh, it's the number one morning show in America. In New York City, he plays Angry New Yorker right at the beginning going, it's fucking me, it's fucking... Like, I got... I was so happy. I mean, it's funny because it takes a pandemic to get everybody to not have shit to do so I can reach out to everybody. Musicians like Darko, the drummer, he was supposed to be on tour with his band, The Party Breakers, in uh, all through Serbia and like going all through Eastern Europe. That got canceled. So I, got, I had him do drums you know i got my bass player who normally records audiobooks all day he's sitting there doing basses and guitar so like it really does take a pandemic but i i mean i was just so happy that all of us got together to do it and um i don't know it just it tickled me so much like i, I cried i got chills like everything about it i had my uh, pokey the pokemon wait, wait, wait danny danny that sounds like covid symptoms <laughs> no i didn't like, have a I, I think i think you might need to be checked out yeah it was amazing i was sitting there i'm getting all feverish you know (laughs) breaking into a sweat i started coughing because i was so happy no it was uh i mean but i fucked up to be honest to be honest danny i was uh you know uh you know that me and my kids we kind of were lip syncing downstairs in the basement uh and and they were super excited to be part of it and so my daughter is doing uh e-learning now you know through her school and I hear her telling all her friends because she's all like bragging about how she was in a music video. Uh, she was. And they're like, <laughs> that she was in a music video. And so, you know, you know, you know these are like, you know, middle schooler or like, was she, she's like sixth grade. And so like, they're like, oh, no, you weren't. And she's like, dad, can you send me the clip? And I had no idea to even ask, like, what do you need the clip for? <laughs> so apparently she sent the clip of stay the fuck inside to a bunch of middle schoolers. Oh, nice. So, uh. If the if one thing I can a phone call, <laughs> if the one thing I can accomplish is making it okay for middle schoolers to swear openly during a pandemic, well then I'm fucking glad I'm the fucking Pied Piper of fuck. <laughs> hey, should that be our, our new t- uh, shirt, the Pied Piper of fuck? I don't know. Could work. Complicated t-shirts. Yeah, complicated t-shirts. I'm the Pied Piper of fuck. But uh, big shout out to Mike Cohen, the bass player who I was just talking about that records audio books all day because I forgot to put his ass in the credits and he did so much work on the fucking track. I'm such an asshole. But it was late at night, so I'm sorry, Mike. And I've actually recut the video. I also fucked up one of the Serbian guys' names because it had like a fucking 
I don't didn't the, the name didn't make sense to me to look at. So I told <laughs> right, I just, it, had a, it had a K next to three Z's or something. Yeah, and and one of those like little carrot looking things over the top of it, which I don't <laughs> even know what that does to the sound. But I'm like, I figured out my special viewer, my character viewer. I I put Fed his I put his Fed high as F E D H A was a J. It had a, a carrot on it and a dash. I'm like, listen, I'm sorry, but it's all fixed now. And uh, well, anyway, thanks for being a part of the video, everybody. I may, it makes me very happy that it all got done, and every, and so many people are in it. Um, Crawley, Pat Hughes shirts yes, are they flying off the shelves right now? Uh, probably like everybody else, we were doing really good, and then this whole uh, baseball balloon bust happened, and right now uh, not as much. So if anyone wants, go ahead and check out our website, uh, Crawley's Clubhouse, C R A W L Y S. We got uh, two of Pat Hughes's uh, signature home run calls on there. That ball's got a chance gone and uh, get out the tape measure long gone. Uh, if you didn't know, the score is going to be rebroadcasting all of the postseason of 2016 coming up. So if you want to get your Pat Hughes fix, listen to Pat, hear some of those home run calls and get a T-shirt, uh, you're in for a lucky week coming up soon. Do you, Crawley, do you know when that is actually going to be broadcasting? Because um, I was at every single game of the postseason and stuff for the two San Francisco games in 2016. So whether I was working at Wrigley or attending as a fan at, uh, you know, in LA and in Cleveland. So I didn't get to hear any of the calls. And that was the only thing that wasn't perfect for me about the 2016 uh, postseason. Yeah. Cause otherwise check, it, I'll check it, real quick for you. If you got Thanks. your big fuzzy headphones on, you look like Bartman. Just bring everybody bad luck. <laughs> there were enough people dressed up like Bartman at those games. Um, so, do you know what I I want a uh, a Pat Hughes shirt that uh, that says uh, "Coronavirus"? This shit is real, like that Cardi B song. Do you think he'll do one of those? Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> He's very particular about what he'll put there. So, God, come on, Pat. You'd sell. Do you know how many of those you'd sell? All of them. <laughs> like honestly, that you'd maybe take over obvious shirts as like the number one Cubs T-shirt seller <laughs> if you had a just from one shirt coronavirus this shit is real that's all it's got to be with like cardi b sitting on his lap i'll see what i can do yeah. but uh no promises for you i mean if you could get cardi b involved maybe he'd be more uh maybe he'd be more uh, amenable to it i feel well, like he'd be more a... opposed to it <laughs> <laughs> that's uh yeah it's true that's one way to get coronavirus um <laughs> So uh, I've got an idea to last announcement. I got an idea. I'm thinking that I'm, I'm going to announce on the Ranters page that we should all watch and, and I'll send a, I'll put out a, a Google meet link because everybody's doing all the uh, I forget what they're all called. But, you know, everybody's meeting online and hanging out online right now, social distancing. And uh, I, I'm using meet. We're doing this uh, broadcast on meet right now. And I can also uh, present to you guys un the undercover boss with uh, Todd Ricketts. I, totally I mean, threw those you know, they really, out. yeah, they really should have been calling this G meat or something because just calling it meat just sounds so weird. You know what I yeah. think we should call it? We should just call it hot dogs. Just like hot dogs. That's not even real meat. I totally threw those hot dogs out. So, uh, so I'm thinking. I don't know. What's a good night for you guys? I thought I'd just ask you live. <laughs> like, what do you guys want to get together? Let's say, like, we'll do like an eight o'clock watch, like group watch of this, and we could stop it and record it. And what's a good night? 
Uh, I don't know. I'm so busy right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I haven't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you you guys want to do like Thursday night, like uh, like when the Cosby Show used to be on. Yeah, Thursday night. Yeah, that works. All right, Thursday night. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna set that up. I'm gonna set up a Google. I'm gonna schedule a meeting. People can uh, you know just kind of come in. Everybody mute themselves so we can watch together. And uh, anyway, so Thursday night, let's do it. Undercover boss, eight o'clock. <laughs> I think that'd be. I think it'd be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll uh, drink every time he says hot dogs. How about that? Oh God! <laughs> We're gonna be every shit. time Rocco appears on the screen. I totally threw those hot dogs out. I tossed some perfectly good hot dogs in the garbage. God, I love it. But you know, this one might be my favorite. I'm looking for oh. Jose. <laughs> it just might be my favorite. <laughs> the way he says Jose. I'm looking yeah. for Jose. Yeah, as if as if he doesn't believe it's a real person's name. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm lo- like, looking for a Jose. Jose. Like, and he and he's doing like the air quotes, Jose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like he's meeting a mole at a park or something, trying to get some secret information, like a spy yeah. in Mexico. So, uh, and the other thing I want to do, we've been playing Jackbox a bunch. And I know, Michael, I turned you and Crawley both onto it. You and I played, uh, or the three of us played with, uh, did we, who did we play with that night? We played with yeah, Johnny, play Johnny and his girlfriend and Nicole. Yeah, Johnny, his girlfriend, Nicole. And uh, it's really a lot of fun. So I think I've been t- talking to Chase, who works at Jackbox. The other thing I want to do, we should do this on like a Saturday night or something like that, is we should get like a tournament going. Like it's really, the game's no fun to play with more than eight people, I think. But... um Especially online, uh, but I, I think I think we can maybe get a tournament going. We get a couple different rooms going on at the same time, because Michael, you got the game. You could be hosting one. I could be hosting one, and like we could do like a I don't know, just a whole big meetup. Switch around rooms, hang out with each other. I'm still a little I'm still a little bitter that Michael won a game when he was very inebriated. I, I don't I still I'm figure out how that happened. You know, Crawley, what really shocked me, and I guess it shouldn't have, was is how incredibly competitive you became playing these games. Like at the end of that, I was so drunk I wouldn't even pay attention. Like when we were playing that like throw the alien off the ship game, is is that what it was? Yep. Yeah. Yep, the, yep. I was like, we had to figure oh, out who I, was the yeah, uh, I didn't, alien. I didn't play that. I only have Jackbox party pack three i have no alien one yeah i got six and also quiplash is free right now if, if through um steam i guess so if you want to check check it out uh download quiplash and that or not quiplash uh the drawing one draw some Dr- anyway drawful drawful yeah so anyway let's move on we're gonna we're gonna we'll start with undercover boss we're doing that thursday night at eight done deal okay uh val capone Bartender yes, to the Ranters, bartender to – I mean, how many beers do you serve every single year at Wrigley Field? <laughs> um, I'm also an athlete, so please do not make me do math because that's not going to happen. Well, um, <laughs> the answer is a crap ton, I would say. Well, that's on this show known as a an ass stat. Yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, no, but – Normally, you're stationed up uh, by – well, last year was different. You were back out in the left field corner, the old 201 section. You used right. to be over overlooking Gallagher Way, which was the spot. Well, originally, when I first started at Wrigley 15 years ago, I was above the marquee, which is now the Catalina Club. 
And uh, I used to sell old style and Mai Tais and peanuts and water. And I broke my leg in a roller derby game. And I still went to work for six weeks on a broken leg. So when a stand opened up on the mezzanine that I would fill in sometimes at, at 211, 213, third baseline mezzanine, um, the union steward at the, at the time, John Segovich, he said, oh, no, 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 roller derby's getting that stand. And I didn't even work there a full year yet, which that was like not really cool with all the other I beer be- vendors. Oh, I bet they were pissed. They're like, this, yeah. this bitch yep. breaks yeah, her like, fucking Ooh. leg. And oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Oh, but man, you he, must have heard he, about In my that. defense, he, the union steward said, she showed up to work for six weeks straight on a broken leg. I can't get you guys to stay for a rain delay. Who do you think I'm going to give the stand to? And I was like, <laughs> Boom. Oh, okay, that's some Chicago shit. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, and to, do you remember how uh, we actually first met? You were saving Jason us from, you, you were saving us from getting kicked out on my birthday. <laughs> Yeah, I, I believe <laughs> it's all Jason Hayward's fault that we're friends. Yeah, because we we're wait what? Yep. Tell the story here, Jason Hayward. All right. <laughs> so the Cubs have a doubleheader. I don't remember against who, but it was a fucking Tuesday or something like that. Or yeah, Wednesday. it was bogus, and nobody was there because it was like 2013 or 14. So I show up. Maybe it was 15 actually. Yeah, because Hayward wouldn't have been there. <laughs> I mean, if, if hey, was it six? Well, wait, was Hayward playing for the Braves <laughs> or the Cardinals? No, no because Hayward, you guys were singing "Hey Jude," but you were singing "Hayward." Hey, and nah, and every then, time he came up, we sang "Na na 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 Hayward." Yeah, then that had yeah. to been twenty sixteen. But no, we, I was no, there been twenty sixteen. Uh, yeah, it had to have been twenty sixteen if it's Hayward because he signs at the beginning of sixteen. Yeah, impossible, impossible because. Uh, it, it, there's no way that he was on the Cubs at that point because I just know that because 14, I want to say, is the last year that I was actually at 211, 213. And then they built the Gate H is what they called it for one season. Then they switched it to Gallagher Way Gate. when they Because okay, so. remember the first year, it was the park at Wrigley and everyone was all WTF. <laughs> okay, I'm going to meet you at the park. Well, which park? The park where? The park at Wrigley. Oh, wait, but I'm already at the park. It was a bad Abbott and Costello sketch. And following year is when the sponsorship rights of Gallagher Way came in. So that must have been 2014. Maybe he was. It would have been. No, 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 Braves. no, no, no. Had to be. Gallagher, Gallagher Way, they, they did the dedication ceremony in 2017. Yeah. Right, right. But it was before it was called Gallagher Way. Listen, yeah, when the, park there was, uh, the park at Wrigley was 2016, the start of the season. Okay, but that's not what we're talking about. We're but, talking about when Jason Hayward was – he was either with the Braves or the Cardinals. No, he, he was, was with the, the Cubs, and it was 2016, and it was a doubleheader. We just are all too fucking drunk to have any idea. <laughs> this was five years ago. You expect people in their 40s to understand what the hell their timeline of yeah, the last decade was? Come on. Yeah, I was going to say, have, Val like- – Val, too you, many bottles of Malort. Yeah, the, the Malort, the roller derby, all of it has like added <laughs> up to us having no idea what happened. But I do know what happened, which is you saved my ass from getting kicked out of Wrigley. We were singing uh, the song, uh, you know, on a doubleheader. We were trashed, and all of a sudden we look behind us, and there's like six security dudes just clocking us and being yeah. like, and being like, <laughs> all right, we're going to watch these guys one fall. And cause I think we got into it with another group of people too. One of our guys got into it with somebody else. Anyway, 
Uh, so they, we're clocking it, and we're all going to get chucked out of there. And but then your Cubs angel appeared. Yep, yep. And and uh, you were like, "Nah, they're fine. They've been here all day. They're they're just having fun." Those guys were fucking with it, and you stood you you stood up for us, and it really uh, helped us out a lot. So, well, always will welcome. appreciate that. So, uh, I know uh, you grew up in Chicago, like right around the right by Wrigley Field. So, could yeah. you talk a little bit about that background? Uh, for sure. So my mom lived in the suburbs. My dad lived in the city at Clark and Waveland. Uh, we lived above the bar that is now what I like to call the full shitting. It's the full shilling. It's a fake Irish bar. The people that work there are nice enough, but you'll never see me spend a single cent in that bar. That's where the guy he... dresses up like a hot dog, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Oh, and you didn't, you didn't do a hot dog drop on that, Danny? Come on. <laughs> I totally threw those hot dogs out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so anyway, when I was a kiddo, that was the Wrigleyville tap, and I grew up above it. That's where my dad lived. And actually, the gent that got me the inn at Wrigley, uh, as soon as I turned 21, he kept trying to get me to work his beer stand. And I was, you know, traveling the world with bands and, like, working in punk rock and tour managing and doing merch and just having a blast. And I was like, nah, I don't want to work at the park. I don't want to work at the park. And then finally, a few years later, I was like, all right, fine. But so he used to tend bar at the Wrigleyville Tap and my dad lived above. So we would quite literally hang out the window of our living room and put on like our grandma's oversized bubby glasses and pretend we were Harry Carey and like sing the stretch. So (laughs) (laughs) that was my chat. Like out of the booth, kind (laughs) of like out your window. Absolutely. I was 19 years old the first time I sat in a seat back. I grew up in right field bleachers. Because we're white trash, and so we were poor, and we couldn't afford good seats. And I remember when the tickets went from 5 to $8, my parents were like, well, which daughter gets to go to the games? <laughs> and it was the one that had the straight A's. So that was me. And uh, we had a black cat named Cubby to help break the curse of 69. I mean, like. Nice. Yeah, we protested lights. I remember being pissed <laughs> off because I wanted to, like, make blue and red signs and my dad was like no they're yellow and orange and as a child i couldn't fathom why but uh it's the colors of sunshine so i never put that together see i'm 40 i've never put that together why it was yellow and orange i never cared why it was yellow and orange and so i didn't oh interesting yeah and anytime i get a cardinals like a redbirds fan and i'm nice to everybody i mean unless you give me a reason not to be i try to be nice to everybody because it's not your fault you were raised wrong and are a cardinals fan right so um, anytime they're like, oh, completely useless by September, I'm like, well, actually, as a child of the neighborhood, it stands for Citizens United by Baseball in the Sunshine. Drops and Mike. that always goes well over their heads. So I feel good about that. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, you you just ask them to spell. Of course, it's <laughs> yeah. going yeah. over their head. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I actually I, think... uh, I have a replica of those shirts that they used to ha- that they used to give out the no lights at Wrigley. The no lights. Yeah, yeah. Sell those. I was gonna. I was gonna buy one from Strange Cargo, but I don't know if they still sell them because they're not close to the ballpark anymore. They're still in Andersonville, and it's still an amazing store. But I don't know if they actually still make those. Yeah, I bought some. I bought some cool Cubs patches up there to sew on my denim. Uh, My opener that I use every single game, and I have for fifteen years. It's one that's the size of my thumb. It's a Budweiser uh, old school vintage opener, and I got it from Strange Cargo for like fifty cents. Yeah, and, that's, that's a great store. If you're ever in Chicago, it's it's up in Andersonville now. It used to be in Wrigleyville. But if you're looking for unique Cubs gear, I guess I guess it'd be good to plug them. But they're probably fucking close too right now. <laughs> Maybe they're online. Yeah. I don't know. 
Um, so, and you also, uh, you, you did, you've done a lot and you still do a lot of wrestling announcing, speaking of things that are closed, um, <laughs> and, uh, wrestling. Yeah. And now, now- I know I'm wearing like two, I'm wearing a wrestling shirt and my hoodie. And it's just so sad because I was on the road. Like I had been gone almost the entirety of January, part of February, I came home for a few days and I went to go work spring training. So all I had with me was all the clothes I brought with me to Disney and wrestling stuff. So now I'm like in quarantine. I can't even go back to my house, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. And so all I have is like Disney t-shirts, wrestling t-shirts, and Cubs t-shirts, which I guess is appropriate that if I'm stuck in a quarantine, the only clothing I have are my three favorite things. So Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, yeah. everybody's like, what's the fucking problem? <laughs> yeah. <to> the <laughs> I know, I know. Um, you but you no, got laundry in the building? What's that? I said you got laundry in the building? Yeah, in the uh, unit that I'm uh, oh. at the Airbnb I'm at. So I do laundry every, every day. Anytime I leave the Airbnb, I do laundry as soon as I come home just to be on the safe side. Um, but yeah, so I do primarily I do backstage correspondent work. So I interview the wrestlers before and after their matches. And I work on promos with them. Those like vignettes that you see in between, you know, the matches. You mean when they're like... Sitting there all pumped up, be like, I'm going to take you down. Yeah, yeah. Like that stuff. Yeah. Don't mess with me, Rocco. Yeah, like I have to interview dudes in a like bathroom that somebody just dropped a deuce in. It's a very uh, glamorous job. I bet. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, and it's true. I, you never smell the wrestlers through the oh, TV. Oh, no, you don't want it. <laughs> oh, wait. Is that what The Rock was always talking about? Yes. He was cooking up a deuce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dropping a deuce. um no and you know i also do ring announcing so the you know the person that's like introducing the wrestlers as they make their way to the ring i also do that um i primarily work with freelance wrestling which is based out of logan square auditorium freelance underground which is kind of like the iowa cubs or south Bend. you know it's not quite the farm system it's still its own thing but it partners with freelance and then i also work for um I work with Warrior Wrestling that's based out of Marion Catholic High School, which is hilarious because I'm a Northside Jew in the city. And they're a South Suburban Catholic school, but it's amazing. I love it. Every single gig I have there, it's really cool because they donate a lot of the money back from ticket sales and all the concessions, all the beer, all the a lot of the merchandise. Um, they do VIP sessions that all gets donated to the kids that wouldn't otherwise be able to afford to go to the school. So it's not only do I get to talk about some of the greatest wrestlers of modern day independent wrestling, but I also get to like help kids that are poor. <laughs> so, which is nice. That's awesome. Although I'm one of those poor kids now. So <laughs> oh, help me. I'm poor. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, we should talk about that because uh, real quick, you know, there's a GoFundMe out there uh, for uh, Nisei lounge for, and, and mm. their employees. And just today, and there's also one for G man tavern. Those are my two hangs. And uh, you know, the way I'm seeing it is like our tab is coming due. You know, as uh, Cub fans, for to keep these Wrigleyville bars afloat during this time, and um, and especially the people that work there, uh, like Val and uh, all of our friends at, at you know at all the bars. Really, I don't know what other GoFundMe's are out there, but those these are the two I'm going to promote, which is uh, Nisei Lounge and also G Man Tavern. I went and got uh, beer today from Tom over at uh, G-Man Tavern, and he, he hooked me up. He gave me a couple T-shirts, too, and a glass, and, you know, I think he was just surprised. I dropped 125 bucks over there, you know, just to, you know, 
Well, I wanted to get drunk. If truth be told, but it helps everybody. But I showed up there, my little, uh, you know, my mask and my gloves and everything, and you know, saw uh, uh, Katie, one of the bartenders over there, walking her dogs, and you know, everybody's freaked out right now. And I think that it would be it would be great if we could all, if you got some extra money, please give to those GoFundMe's. I, I guess you can just look them up. I'll, I'll put them on the Ranters page, but maybe not everybody's on Facebook. Yeah, the Nisei Lounge one I know um, because I actually just looked at it a few minutes ago to see how it was doing. And, um, you know, if I'm not mistaken, there's 12 current employees of Nisei Lounge counting our, our door staff and the bartenders. We just hired another bartender because I was out at spring training. So they were giving her extra shifts and then we were going to have her stay on as seasonal uh, once the season started. And she works actually at Lucky Sandwich Shop. Um, Miranda, she's awesome. But um, there's about 12 of us. And so our boss lady, like the mama bear of Nisei Lounge, who is basically one of my hetero life mates, she's my better half. I officiated at her actual wedding. Like we live together in our blacked out 20s and we're still best friends. It's pretty great. Uh, Alana is her name, but most of you know her as Lou. Um, She set up a GoFundMe for all of us because it is really shocking and really hard. I don't know if it's better or worse that I've already accepted that I'm not working until at least July 1st, maybe August 1st, because I was out at Sloan Park on, unfortunately, March 12th, which typically when I'm in Arizona on 312, I'm very happy because it makes me feel connected to the city I grew up in, even though I'm not there. You know, it's hard. I've only ever lived in Chicago, so it's really hard for me to go out there for a couple months, even though the weather's bitching. Um, but when I was out there and it was raining that day, and so everybody was a little late because when it rains in Phoenix, it's like Snowmageddon equivalent here in Chicago. And I went in and, you know, that's when I was told that our season at spring training was done. And then I was just like, okay, so all-star break is what I was thinking. And so, you know, after talking to Lou, when I got home, she was like, well, any extra shifts you want to get here? No problem. We'll put you on. We'll find work for you. And I was like, thank you. And everybody was so kind and so generous and so concerned. I got interviewed for a couple different um, pieces about the uh, sports arena workers that are now unemployed. And that was before the whole rest of the nation shut down. So as soon as that all happened, Lou is like, okay, now we got to take care of everybody, not just Val. So this is going towards all 12 of us. And it's um, GoFundMe.com, Nisei Lounge Staff Relief Fund. But you could you can go to GoFundMe and just search Nisei Lounge. And it'll yeah, I'm, I'm actually on it right now. Type yeah. in so, Nisei, N-I-S-E-I. That's yeah. what people don't may not realize, but it's N I S E I. You do that, and the very first one that pops up is Nisei Lounge. Yeah. So Val, it, I was gonna I was gonna ask you, Val, uh, you were talking about how you were interviewed from different publications. Uh the one that I that I read your story in and I shared out on Twitter was through the athletic. Yeah, uh, that by, was really by, hard. <laughs> That was by uh, Zach Buchanan. How did they end up uh, getting in touch with you or kind of finding out about your story? Well, so um, like Danny said, I have my fingers in a lot of pots, as it were. Like I've worked in a lot of different communities. I've been in the service industry my entire adult life. I've staffed music festivals for the majority of my adult life. I've worked in roller derby and in music and now in wrestling for the past you know, four or five years. So I'm very appreciative of all the different circles that I can walk in. You know what I mean? And so from all the various walks of life that I participate in, people started tagging me 
and sending me on Twitter because I'm not here for handouts. I'm not just going to be like, give me your money. You know what I mean? Like that's inappropriate. There's so many other people that need it. Like my best friend, Lou, who has a 13 year old son. Um, but all these people kept saying, Hey, this guy wants to interview people. You'd be a great person to talk to because not only am I royally screwed, uh, financially, I also am immunocompromised because I have asthma. It was a beautiful gift I was born with. I was hit by a semi in high school. And so I lost my spleen in a car accident where like I had to learn how to walk again, basically. And I also have an autoimmune disorder. I have Crohn's disease. So I am super high risk. So this not only affects me financially, but I can't even be around humans. Like I, I'm still working shifts at Nisei Lounge, which is now Nisei Liquors, but I only work the shifts before we're open to the public. So I go in and yesterday the owners were so nice. They were like, hey, do you want to just come in for one or two hours? Because all the tips that people, when people like Danny, thank you, Danny, for supporting G-Man, by the way, because they're an amazing bar. Um, you know, when you go in and you buy these items that, you know, you, you normally wouldn't pay that much for a sixer of Old Sal or a bottle of Malort or whatever, but it's keeping those bars open. So that way we don't lose Nisei, we don't lose G-Man and all the t you can tip on all the sales. And so the tips get split between the entirety of the staff that works the shifts. So they were like, even if you just want to work one or two hours, you know, clean the bar or take inventory. I've been going, you know, once a week and I stand six feet away from the delivery guys and I do everything. I wear gloves and I sanitize everything. And I clean the bar so that way when customers come in, they know that it's clean and it's safe or as, as much as it can be at this point. Yeah, we're talking about Nisei Lounge here. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> but Look, for the record, they redid the bathroom floors for the ladies and the gents are on the way. But don't ask me about a urinal divider because that's not my territory. But <laughs> no, um, no, we just that was my put a trough in. My favorite donation. Put a trough yeah, in. Yeah. I'm going to talk to Pat. I clean that up at the end of the night. Uh, yeah. Um. But anyway, so the owners and everybody that I work with, they're so phenomenal. They're like, well, you physically can't work with the public right now because it's too dangerous for me. And right. so they give me these one or two hour shifts. Like I'm going to go in tonight um, and lock the bar up because, you know, so we have two new bartenders. One is a door guy and one is our friend Miranda. Neither of them have keys or an alarm code because they were only going to be like temp behind the bar when we needed additional help. But now they're stepping up and they're working full shifts because I can't work these shifts. Lou can't work these shifts because if she brings something home to her son or to me because she's my best friend, you know, I mean, it's pretty devastating. Yeah. So they're really awesome. And uh, they're giving me like one or two hours a day just to make sure that I can get in on that tip share which is cool. Well, hopefully though we can get everybody that works there a couple thousand bucks. Like, you know, that's what I'm hoping is that, you know, I know it's not much. You got the, maybe the stimulus check coming through and, you know, if we can all weather the storm together. So if you got extra money, yeah, just, just donate. And, and also uh, I know that G man is actually closing. Today's their last day. They're yeah. not going to be doing that anymore. Um, that, which is why I use them today. I know that J uh, Bleacher Jeff's been going down to Nisei and buying some stuff and a G-Man. So yeah, I mean, if you're honestly, in the area. I've been going and buying stuff and like, let's be real. I need a, I need a damn old Sal every now and again, even though I don't drink a ton of beer because of the Crohn's. So like I went and I bought a new bottle of Malort because I have nothing to do. I might as well start doctoring up some Malort concoctions, you know. 
And so I still tipped, even if it was only five, 10 bucks, it's like, well, that's a little bit more to the, the kitty that gets split amongst my uh, coworkers that are like family. So yeah. And, um, and every bar has this story in Wrigleyville, just some are more deserving than others. in my well, opinion. Well, the other bar I work at too, I also have worked at Flatiron since it was the blue note. And you know, because of my crazy, awesome life of traveling and stuff, I like having a lot of jobs that I can work when I need slash want to work or when they need slash want me to work. Cause for example, pro wrestling tees, I started working there just helping out for, you know, black Friday sales and things like that. And I really love it. It's a wonderful family there. The owner of freelance wrestling also works there. That's his full-time gig. He's like in charge of heat pressing. And so they give me, you know, hours whenever they have big sales. And now that they're the official merch provider for AEW wrestling, which is WWE's biggest rival, basically, um, they have a lot more business. So they brought me in as the full-time fill-in to make sure I could get health insurance. And they've actually kept me on the books and, you know, like are helping cover my health care just to make sure I don't lose that, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know if you guys know how expensive uh, chronic incurable illness is, but it's yeah. really expensive. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my treatments, and I wish I was joking, my treatments of Stellara that I was taking last year until I lost my health insurance um, was $20,000 a dose if you just buy it straight up. Oh, and I found wow. it. Yeah. And I'm supposed to take it every eight weeks for the rest of my life. What? Yeah. Yeah. So and, and without that, getting super political on this, because I'd rather have a light, lighthearted rant than a hate-filled rage rant, it's people like, you know, Flatiron, they're also doing one. They give me shifts. I usually work like Saturday nights, midnight to five, because I really just love that shift. It's ridiculous and the best and worst of humanity all at once. So it's kind of hard because there's all the people that work at Flatiron, all the door staff, all the bartenders. I mean... And that's like one of the few like bastions of safety in Wicker Park. And they were hit really hard too. I mean, we all are. Yeah. It's just, it sucks. There's yeah. nothing good about this. And I'm a season ticket holder. So like, what's going to happen with our season tickets? Nobody knows. Yeah. And- yeah. That's the mystery still. Um, Val, you know, a lot of us, you know, who are, you know, who go to a lot of games, Danny, myself and stuff like that. You know, we have our, 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 the people that work there that are our favorites that we've known like Literally, like, you know, for me, I know uh, for my beer, I always get it from either Glenn or I get it from uh, Ira over on the yes, upper deck. Ira's the field. man. I love right. Ira. And uh, not to toot my own horn, but I'm, a, I'm one of his favorites because he loves roller <laughs> derby. And so for like 15 years, every time I'd see him in the pen, like, which is where the beer vendors used to hang on Clark Street or, right, you know, right. then we moved behind the Taco Bell for a while and whatever. And he'd always be like, there she is. There she is. Watch out. She's going to give you the whip. You know, I mean, he just, he's, I'd show up with like a broken arm or something and he goes, I don't, I don't want to say it, but have you thought about retiring? <laughs> like, no, I, right. He's like, good. Cause you can't retire. You still got one good arm. I'm like, okay, Ira, thank you. <laughs> but yeah. with, you know, we all have the, you know, and, and I'm sure you have your favorite customers that come up to you and stuff like that. All of us are so concerned about, you know, the, the, the workers at Wrigley. Have you guys found out, I know that MLB has talked about, you know, some sort of fund that would be distributed to the employees. Have you guys gotten any notification or information how that's going to work? Not yet. And I don't blame them because that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> they got to comb through logistically speaking, because how do you pay somebody like me versus my friend, Derek Gordon? He's also, he's one of the concessioners. Like he works in the concession, you know, he's an hourly wage guy. 
like he doesn't really work for tips. He donated $5 to the Nisei fund because that's all he can afford right now. But that's amazing. You know, like what does he do versus what me and Ira would get? Because, you know, we, we make a good chunk of our living on tips. I mean, if I, whatever they decide to give us, I'm going to be appreciative of. If it's going to be minimum wage and they give us eight hours a day or whatever they think would be the equivalent, because then what about a guy like Ira, who's been doing this for almost 50 years? Like, he works typically like three, four hours a day because that's when the seat sales happen versus the um, portable sales, which is where I work out of. I work at a beer stand versus in the seats. Um, right. <laughs> Are they going to pay him for three hours a day at minimum wage? How do you survive on that? So it's like, yeah, here's, here's 50 bucks, dude. Like it's like getting jury duty. I mean, you know, we do have a minimum through our union and I'm hoping that they would at least give us that much, if not more. Um, because you know, if it, if we go to work and it rains, well, we how many people? Guarantee. How many people do you think it is? Because you're right, and we talked about this on the show before. Is like some people are kind of working on commission. You know, like the the beer vendors that go up and down the aisle, they actually purchase those beers or they purchase those hot dogs, and then they go out and sell them at whatever price is set. And so everybody's paid in different ways, like you were just describing. So I'm wondering, like, yeah, I mean, the fact is minor leaguers are all getting 400 bucks a week. And for many of them, that's a raise. I don't think a million dollars, which is what they've pledged per team. Um, I don't think that's going to cover minimum wage, eight hours a day. Here's, you know, a hundred dollars a day, which is kind of the minimum you need to live on these, you know, five days yeah. a week, four or five days, five hundred, four or 500 bucks a week is what you kind of, the minimum of what you need to live on in this city. And this- I mean, so I'm part of the, the group. So I work, actually, I don't work for the Cubs, hence no World Series ring. I work for Levy Restaurants. Right. That's yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like, so, you know, we're just kind of in standby mode. And I'm, I'm like every single stage of grief all at once because I feel like, you know, it's a lot. But I'm also not mad at Levy because how do we expect them to react? This has never happened before. Nobody has any idea what to do. People don't even know what to say to each other. Like, can I walk past you on a street? Let alone, how do I? No. Pay the answer for to the that is no. Employees? The answer is no. You cannot walk past past me on the street, and I get fucking pissed off and gl- and stared at people that try because I haven't even left the house, and then I people know. are just like bloody was- fucking die walking down the street, and I'm like, what the fuck? Get away from me! I watched your walk around the park, and like, I legit was crying. Like, cause it was, I was crying cause I was laughing so hard when you we were like, Oh, get away. Okay, good. Social distancing. Yeah. 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 And then I was crying cause I'm like, man, we're not going to be back in there for possibly the entire year. Who knows? But I've been trying to stay super optimistic about it because for as many people are shitheads that hoard toilet paper and sanitizer and, you know, disinfecting wipes and stuff. There are people that are like, like one of our um, amazing regulars, Gunderson, he's a shy bar, shy town lawyer, I think is his uh, Twitter. He, I like put out a call, like I need, I need a sixer of old style, like nobody's business. And he just was like, Hey, where's the Airbnb that you're staying? And he legit dropped off some old style and uh, you know, a heating pad because I can't take, well, supposedly nobody should be taking Advil because of the Crohn's. I can't take Advil. So I don't have any of my meds because I'm quarantining at an Airbnb. So he went and got me old style and a heating pad. 
and just dropped it off with like some candies and stuff like that, which was really super sweet. And then another one of our regulars, Candace, she's amazing. She, I was like, man, I really got to get mine. <laughs> Thanks for the old style. And she was like, she messaged me. She goes, do you need another six or of old style? And can I bring you some turkey chili and mac and, and mac? And, you know, do you need anything else that would be helpful for you to be comfortable and not in pain? And I was like, oh my God, these humans are so wonderful. So for as, as every asshole that's partying on the lakefront, there's people like that that like genuinely are trying to help. Well, that's, you know what I mean? Uh, the lakefront thing's off now. They canceled that shit. But do you think it lasts? Will we be nice to each other from here on in? <laughs> uh, no, unfortunately, I don't think it does. So you have to remember that every time you want to react negatively, you just have to kill them with kindness. You know what I mean? Because the only thing that I feel like anybody, you know, maybe – if my grandparents were still around and my aunt, my aunt, uh, Barbara, my auntie baby, that's what we call her. She's like obsessed with the JFK assassination. So she would always tell me stories about that. But the only thing I can think of like how the whole world changed was after nine 11, I didn't hear anybody honk their horn for months. Like nobody was laying on horns. Even when I was in New York, like, you know, which obviously New York would take it, um, yeah, <clears throat> quite we, a bit more than the rest we, of us. We, we, we got back to it eventually. We started honking right. after about like I don't know six months or something. Is what I, I mean, I was living yeah. there at the time, and it, yeah, we we got back to I honking, mean, yelling at each other, and you know, fighting, well, fighting like in the streets. For example, you know, I was walking by Export. That's the gym I go to. I go to like all the. I have the pass where I can go to any Export because I'm so fancy and I like to work out twenty four seven, three sixty five. And so it hit me as I was walking down Ashland at school, I saw the export that's there on the corner. And I was like, holy shnikes, that's not even closed on Christmas or New Year's or anything. And it is pitch black, nobody in there. Oh my gosh, that's so sad. And of course I knew all the gyms were closed. Like I already knew that, but I didn't physically see it. And it kind of like my mind because as an athlete and as a crony, I work out quite a bit. It's not like I'm trying to be, you know, six pack, super skinny, like none of that. I, I don't give a shit about that. I like being healthy and strong. So I go and I lift weights all the time and there was nobody in there and it was so sad and eerie. And I had that moment of like, wow, there's nobody on the streets and this is so surreal. Uh, is our, is our world changed forever for good or for worse? Who knows? And then two seconds later, some dude, skeevy dude slows down his car, l- tries to lean to look at my ass and honks at me. <laughs> and I was like, maybe the world hasn't changed yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not everybody I mean, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. The COVID creeper. Yeah, so, he was absolutely creeper trying to see if I was 19. So we can't have you on this show without talking a little bit more about the roller derby thing. Uh, okay. what, what, what's the team in Chicago that you roller derbied for? Um, so I started with the Windy City Rollers in 2004. I'm one of the founding members. Um, and I also skated with the Chicago Red Hots for a while, which was a different team uh, that played under like a slightly different rule set, kind of like how ice hockey and roller hockey are still hockey, but there's different things going on there. Or I guess you could say arena football and NFL or XFL and NFL. How about that one? Um, so a slightly different rule set. So I was playing for two teams at the same time for a number of years. I also have been a commentator since my first serious injury in 2004 when I blew my knee out, or 2005, excuse me, uh, when I blew my knee out, I started traveling. Yeah, we, we don't trust you about- on dates at all <laughs> anymore. <laughs> you know, like, it, was, no. it was probably yesterday that this happened. You're like, oh, it's no. 2004. <laughs> no, my knees are actually healthy for once. I mean, that's what retirement does for you, I guess. Um, 
but so yeah, I started doing commentating and traveling and I do play by play and color commentary. Uh, I also interview skaters and, you know, I do sponsor reads, things like that. I do commercials for roller derby. Um, and I've done little teeny podunk things, you know, like I, I got asked to work a, uh, I was home for like three days, I think in February or something like that. And one of the days I was home after I worked like a 24 hour shift between me say working wrestling and bartending at Flatiron, I got asked to announce junior derby. So little kids in Indiana by myself. Wait, little what? kids playing roller derby? Yeah. So like, I yeah, couldn't I, say I've, no. Yeah. I've seen it. It's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a little less brutal. <laughs> right. I mean, but sometimes it's not like depending on the age group, they have like different levels for age groups of like how much contact they can do. And sometimes those kids get launched and I'm just like, woof. But so like on, on a two days notice, they, they, they were like, would you mind doing it? The kids would love it. And so I did, but then I've also been the, the head announcer of the roller derby world cup in Manchester, England. And so I was broadcasting the grand final between America and Australia on BBC sports. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Like I, I do little, little teeny small games just because I love to. And then I do these monster behemoths, super important to my community games, which is kind of nice. It's a lot like so, what and, being a musician is like too. It's like, I've played to, yeah. to two people and I've played to 2000, <laughs> you know, well, like, you know, when we were talking about Rocco earlier, I was waiting for, one of you guys to point out that he's saying the seventh inning stretch because they always say that he's the first beer vendor to do it because of undercover boss in 2010. But <laughs> yours truly did it in 2009. Oh, so, check that out. Yeah. Yeah. It was when Drew Barrymore put out her movie about roller derby called whip it. And I was like kind of an advisor on the film. I helped them select some, um, not that there ever would have been stunt doubles ever, 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 but you know, just background skaters. Um, I helped like help them select some of the skaters and I ended up doing the world premiere at the Toronto international film festival. So I got to broadcast like live, but also on Canadian television for 8,900 people were in attendance. And it's like, wow, that's pretty cool compared to like the nine people that show up to a Sunday morning kids game. You know what <laughs> I mean? But yeah. Yeah, it, it it all. I mean, that's that showbiz. <laughs> you know, it really yeah. is that showbiz. Um, so I would we got some questions from the ranters here because oh, I, good. I, I'm excited. I I did introduce you as the ranters' personal bartender, and I love that. um, I actually the first question I'm going to give you last. So remind me about that. But uh, Tony Spangenberg asks, who you know, I believe, um, says at what point in Chicago history did a shot of Malort switch from being a cruel prank you'd play on out-of-towners and 21-year-olds to something that people actually ordered willingly. My guess is around 2008-ish. Comments? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like it because it, I really like grapefruit and I really like bitter. Like, being raised by my old Jewish grandma, like, grapefruit for breakfast was a very common thing. And so, you know, the serrated spoon, you get a little nip of the rind. That's what Malort tastes like to me. And so I like it and it doesn't give me gut rot. Like if I drink Jameson all night, I will be blacked up <laughs> immediately. And the next day I'm hating life. I was drinking old styles and Malort all night last night. And I feel fine today. 
So, I mean, I feel like 2008 sounds about right, but you know, I've been hit in the head a lot. We've discussed this. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. You're like 2008. I don't fucking remember that year. I was like 2008. No, no concussions that year. I don't think. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? When, cause I, I do agree. And it's still something that we give to people who are like, oh, you got to taste this. Cause it's, you can pretty much only get in Chicago. I know it's going more places now. But um, what do you guys think? Like, when did when was your first shot of Malort? Oh gosh, I can't even remember that far back. First shot of Malort. <laughs> it's the concussions. <laughs> Just a lot of bottles of Malort. But uh, uh, you know, the thing that I think really has kind of blown it up is social media. Oh yeah. So uh, you see a lot of these funny videos. There's one about like people from all over the world trying their first shot of Malort, and and I've seen that one a million times. And so I think. You know, with the advent of social media, like all of a sudden this this kind of like underground thing in Chicago all of a sudden has become like this like, you know, hip thing to do, I guess. That, wait, hold on. Did you just call it Malore? Yeah. yeah. I was wondering about that as well. You, you know, <laughs> I there's, always a call it there's a T. There's a T in call there. I, I do it the fancy of Malore. I, I, I do. <laughs> what, what, do you think it's French? Like, what's a... No, I'll, it's actually Swedish, your... and it has Swedish. a little out. It's so Swedish, yeah. It's, it's, and you know, Malore is... is uh, how you pronounce it in Swedish, and that translates to wormwood. Right, Isn't is that what, what I, I was malor? told. Was it, wasn't I pronouncing well, it like that? It's, but it's malor. It's like not malor. It's not like its name is Laura, and you call it ma, and took the a off. It's you know, <laughs> I mean, but you know, I think it's I think it's fine if you want to call it that. It means that you're probably already drinking, so that's cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. Chicago- that's what we always figure is that he's just drunk and he forgot the tea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think in Chicago, we'll continue to call it Malort with a hard T. Crawley can be fancy as much as he wants, but if if you live downtown, you also call it Jewels. So yeah, you know, jewels. it's, it's kind of consistent, you know what I mean? Why, why do you call it Jewels? Because well, everybody else jewels. did. Yeah. You got to go over the to the Jewels. Yeah, when I, you got to get a burrito over oh, by there. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you meant you were calling Malort Jewels. No. And oh, I'm no, like, no. what the fuck? I, even... I don't understand. No, I, I get the Jewels. Yes. The but, you can, jewels. but you can get Malort at Jewels. That, that yes. is a for sure. I uh, actually did. I just bought my last bottle there because, um, you know, I was right by a Jewels and got some Malort. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Hey, Crawley, if you could turn up a little bit, that'd be great. I, I can, yep, no problem. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, let me go get down here. I'm, I'm going to give you another question. Oh, yeah. Who's the drunkest celebrity you've ever served? Okay. <laughs> That's from Jason Griffin. I can't really say stuff like that because then they stop coming to your bar. Horatio Sanchez. But I, I will say... I did get to bartend the after party at United Center in the Kettle One Club after game six when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup at home in 2015. So so that's that's a hint. Is that a hint? There were lots of lots of drunk celebrities that night is what you're saying. Yep. (laughs) Um, And it's also, I think, the most money I've made in one shift. I'm like, just wondering if, if like Chris Chelios counts. I you know <laughs> I'm count? not gonna say. Why? Because I'm he's, not gonna say who was there. He, I will say there was one player who is no longer on the team that 
look like he wanted to eat me. <laughs> and he, he was just staring at me the whole night. And I was like, uh, did I just get pregnant? Like, <laughs> uh, there was another player that wasn't supposed to be drinking. And uh, they were drinking all the half-drinking beers that their teammates were leaving behind. It was pretty funny. Oh, like, oh because he was too young? I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Um, okay. I will say that there's one moment that as a commentator and as a sports fan, I, I really, truly appreciate Pat Hughes is one of my broadcasting heroes. Of course, Vin Scully was another one. Um, but Pat Foley, huge for me listening to the call because I always try to make my roller derby calls when I'm, especially when I'm doing like a play by play, I try to keep it the vibe of say a Pat, a Vin or, you know, uh, a Pat Foley. And so hearing him say big save, like over and over, it's like, that's, so we typically do not pour shots at sporting events. Please stop asking. We are not allowed to, it's not me trying to ruin your fun. It's not me being a jerk. It's me serving responsibly. But that night rules were a little bit laxed and we were told you, you if, if people want shots, it's allowed because it was a private party, right? But we had to serve responsibly. I couldn't serve you a fistful of liquor. I had to just pour like a one and a half ounce pour, whatever. But Pat Foley came up and somebody tried to buy him a shot and, you know, get him a shot. And I was like, he's like, oh, no, 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 thank you. No, no. And he, he was really polite and he turned it down. I was like, Pat, y'all just won the Stanley Cup here at home. I think you deserve a shot, sir. And he goes, well, you know what? I will try that. Do you have the Don Julio? And I was like, I do. So I poured it and I was geeking out, fangirling out that I was pouring a shot for Pat Foley. And I, I definitely probably poured a little bit extra. Like I didn't mean to. I was just like, oh, you oh, know, you got I mean, shit faced. No, 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 no. I wasn't drinking because I we don't drink behind the bar. Oh, him. Any that... Levy properties. We're not allowed to. And I prefer that, honestly, as a bartender, because I got to count money that isn't mine. I got to deal with glassware. I got to deal with drunk patrons. You know, I don't like being drunk behind the bar. It's just my personal thing. But he went, big shot! <laughs> and my brain melted. <laughs> and so he wasn't, like, drunk or anything. He legit had that one shot. He had one beer. He was very, very nice. Very generous tipper. Very nice. Super appreciative of all of us that were working late into the night because it was way after hours. And that was one of my personal favorite, like, bartending. So, yeah. But I will not talk about the drunkest celebrity because I don't want to lose their business at uh, my bars. <laughs> you'll, tell, you'll tell me eventually. I'm going to get it out of you. Just not, on the, just not on the show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, talk eventually. So, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, expanse of this show is listenership. No way we'd be able to keep that under wraps. Yeah, exactly. It'll just, it'd, <laughs> it'd be viral before the night fell. Um, so Alan Boslett asks, what is a good mixed drink that is underserved? Ooh, good question. Um, so I really, I typically just do my liquor on the rocks and just sip, but something that's really easy to make, that's not anything fancy. It doesn't have Red Bulls. Can we stop calling drinks bombs, by the way, because that's not cool <laughs> and it's lame. Um, I just really like a good, good ass gimlet, which is typically gin or vodka based, but you could really make it with any booze if you want to get weird. Crawley, um, Crawley I, calls it a gimlet. A gimlet. <laughs> um, my favorite gimlet in the city is definitely at um, Matchbox. Matchbox has the best. They do like 
powdered sugar with it. It's really good. So it's typically just um, whatever. I, mean, I typically drink vodka. I don't prefer gin cocktails personally. So it would be vodka, a little bit of simple syrup, and lime juice. Shake it up, pour it over ice, or you can pour it neat. You can do it you know, on the rocks or neat. doesn't matter. If you want to get fancy and put it in a martini glass, cool, have a party. But it's super easy, super quick. Anybody can do it. It doesn't, it's not rocket science. A gymlet. Now, now, why the fuck, if they make it with gin, do they call it a gymlet with an M instead of a ginlet? It's the stupidest no, it's fucking... A, it, it's a gim. Gim. It's a, a gif. God damn it. It's not a gif. <laughs> yeah. well, okay, Can I it? add my malor, my, my lore, malor pronunciation into this conversation? <laughs> yes, yeah, no well, shit. We got, we got malor and gymlets out <laughs> I, here. I, I, well, you call up, well, you call up giblets. Like out of a turkey fucking body, you know. So wouldn't it be a gimlet, not a gimlet? No. Well, it's a gimlet. That's what it's officially called, and they're delicious, and I highly recommend. <laughs> go go order a gimlet somewhere, and you might oh. get some turkey fucking part based. <laughs> yeah, they're just there's like Danny three hearts oh, and a three hearts and oh, a and also glass. my <laughs> other go to when I'm at spring training, I drink at a bar named Patty's. Uh, in Old Town, Patty's First Avenue Lounge. It's amazing. There's dollars stapled to the walls. Like, it's surreal. I love it. Best bartender huh. there, his name is Cooley. Um, and I drink uh, the Deep Eddie Ruby Red Vodka water with lime. I just like really sip. Bubbles give me troubles because of the Crohn's. So I avoid them. But I just like really simple, classic drinks. And, you know, a vodka water is super easy. And you don't get hungover. You're hydrating while you're dehydrating. It's perfect. So, Danny, that's another bar we can try next year because I don't think Case is letting us back. So we got a, a, different, a different bar to try. I, I, I could prove that they're not going to let us back. <laughs> that's Crawley singing karaoke get at uh, Kay's place. Kind of. And, kind and, of uh, and a gremlin. In the background, yeah, yeah. no, that, that was one of the ladies that were just in love with you, Crawley. They See, loved you so much. Case. Where is it? Oh, uh, we'll we'll go. We played fake okay. baseball over there. I don't know if you saw our uh, my documentation of that evening, but uh, I've burned it all. So if if you didn't already see it, it's it's not. Um, I typically go to Grapevine for karaoke, and um, it pains me to no end that the St. Louis Blues kind of commandeered the song "Gloria" by Laura Branigan. Because that has been one of my karaoke staples since I started doing karaoke at age 19. And uh, well, take it to the back point where then. they can't have it. Oh, no, I fucking own that song, Danny. Let's be real. So I love, <laughs> whenever, I love that song, too. Yeah, it's so Great good. Song. Whenever I'm at spring training, if I go to Grapevine, people will just put it in for me. Like, I'll, I'll be sitting there. And all of a sudden, the KJ will be like, oh, next, Val, Capone. And I'm like, I didn't put any. Oh, it's Gloria. Okay. And then I get up, I do the splits across tables, I blow people's minds. Like, there's so many people that are, like, horrified, impressed, and intrigued of my performance. I feel really good about it. <laughs> it sounds polished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's something, all right, babe. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I can compete with that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> it's, it's, it's too soft. I, I got I to gotta fix my soundboard. Um... Well, uh, last thing I want to ask you about is because this is the weird thing about you. We've heard all sorts of uh, weird things, but this is the one thing that does not connect with in my brain about shit that you're into. And that is fucking Disney World. What are you talking about? I have my mouse ears right here. 
M-I-C. Yeah. Oh, I won't see you real soon because you're closed. Um, you, do you want to know honestly what it is? Yeah. What, what got you into Disney? Um, I'm Jewish. <laughs> and I did not I know there was of... a connection there. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's, Mick, there, it's Mick's Mickey Mousekowitz. Is that right? <laughs> Mickey uh... Mousekowitz. Yes. No, my, my, you know, little Jewish grandmother, she used to take me to Florida all the time to oh, see my auntie Reggie. And so we would is. always go to Disney like all the time, constantly. And it's just, you know, it's something that I, my grandma and I bonded over very early on because when, you know, she would take us there, it was like magical. And so every single time a new VHS cassette would come out, she would buy it for me. The day The Little Mermaid came out, she took me to see it. You know what I mean? And it was just our thing. And then as I got older, I realized like, you know, people always say, oh, be a kid again. But why do you ever have to stop having fun? Like you could still be an adult and still do adult things, but still have fun. I guess the difference is adult versus grown up. You know what I mean? And I love roller coasters. I love alcohol. I love sunshine. Fireworks I'm into sometimes. Broadway shows. Just seeing, you know, adults and kids alike having a good time to skip it around being assholes because a giant mouse walked by them. It's great. Like, it's just so much fun. And um, since I got diagnosed with Crohn's, it's one of my only real options to travel a lot. I used to be the kind of person that could just get in a van and drive across the country and not give a shit. And I would eat gas station food or, you know, sleep in the van or whatever. No big deal. But with the Crohn's, I have to be very careful about what I eat. I have to make sure I'm near a bathroom at all times, just in case, you know, we don't want shit to get weird. It would be the crappiest place on earth. I totally and threw those hot dogs out. <laughs> but so so disney is great because i mean there's bathrooms everywhere they're clean they have wonderful uh dietary assistance every single chef will come out and talk to you and you know make sure you're doing well so it's it's hard because i did used to travel the world and i could eat you know out of food carts in portland or mexico city or wherever i would be and now i can't do that because if i get food poisoning it could kill me yeah. And, and now, so, now you're traveling around the world is just going around the lagoon at Epcot, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I am I am also a huge Disney fan. My 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 family and I, we we go every couple every few years. I did not know this about you. See, it That's takes wow. a it takes a pandemic. It really does <laughs> to get to know yeah. somebody. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's, fun. it's funny. I we went for the first I always wanted to go as a kid. And uh, I remember, you know, how uh, like the first day of school, the first week of school, you'd go back and, you know, all the kids would get up there and say what they did on their summer vacation. And everybody would be like, I went to Disney. I went to Disney. I went to Disney. Every kid went to Disney but me. So I'd be like, oh, man, I really want to go to Disney. Not that I was into the movies or the mouse. It just seemed like something cool that everybody did that I wasn't doing. And... um and I'd just be like, well, we visited my uncle in Michigan and, you know, have some <laughs> shitty story about, like, See, my cousin scared me. Mine was weird. Me. You know, like, I, I went to Disney, but it wasn't typically during the summer. We would usually go in the winter because that's Midwestern Jews. We go to Florida in the winter. Oh, yeah. That's just what we do. I, I used to do, I used to do uh, kids' classes on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And we had a song called Grammy from Miami that we did with the kids. Like, it is a thing. And everybody knew what we were talking about because Grammy 
lives in Miami if you're an Upper East Side Jew. No, no doubt I mean, about it's the it. truth. Um, yeah. But also, uh, my parents worked in rock and roll. Like, both my parents were roadies when I was a kid. And so my summer vacation would be like, I was on tour with Ozzy. But I don't remember <laughs> any of it because I was a kid. Yeah, yeah so, the, and the concussions and the drinking, all of it. Yeah, you know? especially at age three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, I mean, like, I have... I have weird stories about being like babysat by the beastie boys and like crying because I couldn't go to my sister's eighth birthday because David Bowie rented out the Belden West in Niles or Des Plaines, whatever town that is for her and all her friends. And I couldn't go in the big white car with the pretty lady man. Cause I always thought he was so beautiful and he had, he was so glamorous. <laughs> the pretty lady man. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but I was like a little girl and he was just beautiful and perfect. And you know what I mean? Like, David Bowie's my- probably a better looking corpse than most people <laughs> are in life. You know what I mean? Woof. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. But, uh, you know, so it was like my summer vacations were very weird and nobody ever believed them until I got older. Then they all wanted to get on the guest list for every show at the Aragon or whoever's headlining Lollapalooza or whatever, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know. Kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, thanks for coming on and letting us know about you. I know you've been a you know, really active member of the Ranters page, and you've seen a lot of us uh, over the years uh, come up to you. In fact, uh, I, Chris Soloto put on the Facebook questions that I asked. He, he said, she's the only Ranter who I've seen and been flagged down by at a game. She noticed my John Baker Day shirt and asked yeah. if I was a Ranter. And I... I, and was happy to recognize my name. It was nice. So, like, you've you've brought joy to people in the past, like Chris Soloto. Um, but final question, Dan Nielsen asks, how do you feel about Paul Simon? The singer <laughs> or the politician? What's that? The singer or the politician? Oh, yeah. He didn't specify, actually. <laughs> because I love a good bow tie. And every time I'm driving, like, in downstate Illinois, and it's, it's like Paul Simon Memorial Highway, it really is – Gets me giddy. And um, (laughs) I love love Paul Simon, the musician. I mean, I'm never upset when I hear you can call me Al. And I love it when people sing you can call me Val. I'm not going to lie. Worst worst thing Chevy Chase ever did, that music video. Worst. Embarrassing. Yes, comma, but. um, The beer stand that I used to be out on the patio on Gallagher Way, there's a beer stand directly across from it. And you know how they did like the dancing bullpen? Well, it gets fucking freezing. And so I dance all the time. And so I I love the dancing bullpen, but I've just been doing that for years just so I don't lose my fingers and my toes because there's a lot of April games. Well, not this year, but typically a day like today, I would have been beer vending and sold nothing to no one, but I would have been happy to be there in the rain because Wrigley Field. So you have to like keep your body moving and so I kind of started just dancing. And then I was also known as like one of the dancing vendors. And then the guys across from me, I would give them a boo, 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 and they would like start dancing too. And whenever you can call me Al comes on, all of us like will jump out from behind our beer stand and do that stupid dance. And it makes people so happy. So while Chevy Chase can suck it for that, it made us happy. Well, I talked about on the last show that I fucking hate Paul Simon. And I still oh. and I still feel like fuck Paul Simon, but um, I, you know, I, I guess I guess that's nice. <laughs> yeah, um, well, we, I like him as a musician, but you know, it's hard for me. No, I, I hate that motherfucker. It's, um, it's personal. Did you know that I got a rancher Jeff his job at Nisei? Did you oh know yes, that? yeah, yeah. Bleacher Jeff works over at uh, 
at Nisei Lounge, and it really helped him out because he was going through, or he still is, going through a divorce right now. And um, so, I don't know, we wish him well. He just had to move and shit. But, hey, he sold his house in the middle of a pandemic. So that's yeah, pretty he's, fucking he's amazing. Doing, he's doing great. I'm yeah. so happy for him. Yeah. So but, yeah. I mean, I, I met him because of the Ranters' Facebook page. So I appreciate dudes like him and Chris. And, like, there's just so many people that have been so kind on the Ranters' page, which, you know, that's not always the vibe that you're going to get from all of us Ranters. Some of us are happy-go-lucky assholes like me, and some of us just want to rant and live up to the name, right? Which is totally cool, and I respect both sides of that. But it's been really nice. A lot of the Ranters have, like reached out privately or messaged me or like try to tip my Venmo, things like that. And I'm just like very, very appreciative for the ranters group. So thanks for doing this. You guys. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really amazing that all these assholes come together to do beautiful shit sometimes. Um, but we did get a phone call from Paul Simon. Uh, <laughs> so let me, let me play that real quick. Hey Danny, it's Paul Simon. I heard what you said about me on your podcast. Just wanted to let you know that you performed like a little bitch at your edition back in 1996. Fuck you, Paul. Fuck no, you fucking fuck you. Make me sing a song from high school that I hadn't sung. Didn't even play the role. Fuck that guy. Um. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. I was desperately searching for Paul Simon cameos just just in case he might have been on it. Oh God. No, there's no way that dick's on it. Like, he's too cool for school. He's not going to do something fun. Like being- I really love that Paul is still so petty he called in just to bitch at you. <laughs> I know. What a- <laughs> Fuck that. I didn't- How do you even get the number? He must listen to the show. Oh, you know, I didn't even bring that up. Crawley, thanks for reminding me. The Fergie Jenkins cameo. I forgot oh, to so put- good. I totally forgot. It's just been such a full week, everybody. <laughs> it's been so full. But I, I, I think I've got it posted, so I gotta I gotta play. Oh my god, I've got uh, seven. Doesn't he call it Sean Rando? Sh- yeah, Sean, Sean Rando. Rando. Sean Rando. Oh yeah, here it is. Here it is. Sean Rando. Yeah, it's so good. The sixty ninth Beth Cup podcast. <laughs> That's the end. All right, here it goes. <laughs> this is Fergie Jenkins. You're listening to Sean Rando. Sixty ninth Beth Cup podcast. <laughs> One more time. That's the complicated shirt right there. Sean Rando. 69th Beth Cup podcast. (laughs) I got it. I just got to be honest, you guys. Again, like this is a really hard time for so many people on so many levels right now. You know, I mean, it's, it sucks. Let's just be honest. This sucks. Even like happy go lucky me is having a hard time remembering that things are going to be okay. Cause this just sucks. But stuff like that has made my days so much better. <laughs> like I'll be like looking at my dad's apartment. We split a duplex. Uh, and so I live in the top floors. He lives on the bottom and I can't be there right now. Cause he's sick and we don't know if he's sick or if he's sick, sick. So I'm at an Airbnb across the street from my own damn house. And I'm looking out the window, all sad as, as I'll get out. And I was like, Nope, I got to watch Fergie Jenkins right now. So like I put on that and I put on, Stay the fuck inside, and it's just—it's really awesome that you guys are still like, you know, getting our spirits up and making fun of all us assholes along the way. You know what I mean? Well, this is Very my cool. favorite part of being a Cubs fan. 
is hell yeah you know, is shit like uh fergie jenkins saying sean rando and you know and i i agree michael we we need a complicated shirt that just says sean rando should we go s-h-a-w-n or the yes E-A? it has to be s-h-a-w-o-n yeah, I, I felt yeah a- a- oh, yeah. w-o-n you gotta you gotta hit it with the the schwan dunstan schwan rando yeah. Yeah. Well, we had the giant swan at Nisei, and there was like a naming contest for her. Sawan Dunstan, yeah. And so we call her Sawan Dunstan, so- and it was like, that, that should just be a given. And people are like, no, that's Swan Dunstan. I'm like, oh, God, you have no clue about it's anything. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't know but, shit, man. So, uh, Danny, did you Jose. you went out to the uh, ballpark yesterday with your mask and gloves and all that, or did you do that today? That was today. That's when I went. Well, I went yesterday uh, before I sign off with you guys. I went yesterday and I was just walking about uh, at uh, social distancing with my buddy Josh. And we took my day baseball flag. We have day baseball flags at Nisei. And um, I took it with. I wore my beer vending hat, um, you know, and I brought some old styles and malorts in my bag just in case we needed them or wanted them. And there was a lady just walking about taking pictures and so we were kind of chatting at a distance um, while she was taking pictures of the bleachers. And I said, hey, I don't know if this is weird. Do you want a Malort? So I gave her a Malort mini and she gave me, she makes pins, I guess. Her and one of her girlfriends make like lapel pins. And uh, she gave me one of the centerfield clock, you know, the gorgeous clock. Mm-hmm. And then she also gave me one that says play ball home opener. And she's like, yeah, these are... These are uh, not going to be sold, obviously. So do you want one of these, too? And it's yesterday's date on it. And it says, 30, uh, 3-30, 2020, play ball, home opener. Oh, and, uh, my God. I wish I had that pin. you got to put me in touch awesome. with this one. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can see it. Can you see it? No, yeah, oh, wait, it says no, uh, it's not big looking. league pins. Yeah, Is big league obviously? pins. I didn't get her name, but she's a photographer. And I was like, we were just chatting about how we're both like desperately un- unemployed right now because uh. she's a photographer and I'm a beer vendor and a bartender. And, you know, when she said that, I was just like, man, I brought this Malort for me and my buddy, but this is the right thing to do. I'm just going to give this to her. And so I gave her one and she's like, wait, no, here, you need these. And I, I, I don't know what her name was. So if she's listening, find me somehow. But she was so cool. And no, big, these are rad pins. Big league pins. They're on there right now. She sells wedding pins. She just makes pins. She's got an Etsy shop. I'm there right now. Yeah, it looks and, like uh, Kirsten and Angie are the shop owners. Okay. It's, yeah, like an Etsy, yeah. it's like an Etsy shop. And they've got... A great selection of Chicago-based pins. Well, but and they I, don't I just have figured if, that opening you know, day pin, though. Well, I have that. <laughs> I know, I know, but I, I want, I, I want to buy her out of every single opening day pin that she has. Like I would, you know, I'd buy them um, all. I was gonna say I can, I can reach out to her and see if she'll sell us some. I don't know if she's going to or if she's just. Oh, like, it's on them. the, it's on the site. Where? Three thirty twenty twenty. It's on page two. Page two. See, yeah, she's burying yeah, that shit now. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a Cleveland Indians World Series championship sh- shirt. Oh, <laughs> Crawley, though you may uh, you may want to, you know, send a cease and desist. She's got a pin here that says that ball's got a chance. Gone. Oh, oh. Yeah. 
Well, sorry. Sorry, it's not on a shirt. It's not on a shirt. It's not on a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, she's an out of work photographer. I do not. I do not (laughs) see this. I do not see the opening day. Oh, I see. You don't? I I do. I do. It's just like it's kind of a slow roll. Ten bucks, right? Ten bucks for a fucking pin. Jesus Christ. I mean, no, that's fair because look at this. Okay, so this you made is out the like a why, bandit. It's what a nice looking talking. pin. It's not. It's not it's like really nice. uh, you like, know. You remember those pins that you made when you were a kid and you cut out a circle of somebody's okay. face and then you stuck it in that little round thing. It's not like one of those. These, okay. these are nice pins. Well, it, because they're nice pins, I'm going to buy 69 of them right now, and there are only 79 <laughs> available. Ten dollars a piece. That's six hundred ninety dollars. Who's in? Select the uh, style. We, we want the play ball blue, the green, the red. But we got to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so typically I put cart. whatever I'm opening in. day pin on my workout, like from last year. So I wear the 2019 opening day of 2020. You'll notice that this is still in the package. And this was $10, you know. So I feel like supporting a local lady who loves, you know, Baseball. But basically, you traded okay. one tiny bottle of Malort for a $10 pin. For $20 worth of pins, yep. Oh, $20 worth. Of, so you may not like a pin. It's actually a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe a friend for life if, you know, we find each other again. Well, so. ask, ask her if you would talk to her again, how much for 69 pins? Because I, I kind of... I, I, I actually will, because she probably would give us... I don't know. I, I can't speak for her. It's, I just met her on the street when I was like <laughs> do, do you, walking around in the mist. Do you have her digits? Um, no, but I mean, I know how to get in touch with her. She told me how, but okay. All right. Well, get in touch with her. We want 69 pins at half price. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll see what I can do. It's okay. Danny, it's okay because I paid for them. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, there, there, there's a mailing list on their website, so you can uh, you get can definitely get on their mailing yeah, list. Be like, I will buy all your useless pins because I'm I'm sorry, but the ranchers would like opening day pins. I mean, I I love it. I'm yeah. so honored that she like. <laughs> See, Malort brings people together, guys. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. But and, and Malort tears people apart. oh god well um if you want to sign off with us now but you're more than welcome to stick on the show as we go into uh crawley story time which is the next thing on our script here yeah are we yeah i've Uh, got uh, about a half hour yeah exactly so are we gonna keep going with this whole script are we gonna cut some of this i'll probably cut half of it all right (laughs) we'll cut it we'll cut it all just a quick break in the action to say uh, that, hey, I know you're not a Patreon subscriber because you download this ad full version. But uh, while this whole pandemic thing is going on, I am releasing all of our shows on Patreon Unlocked. So if you go to patreon.com slash sunranto, you can listen to the show as God intended uh, right after we record it. And don't have to wait uh, for this ad full feed, although we do really appreciate Simply Safe for uh, sticking with us during this uh, pandemic and uh, paying us a little bit of money for uh, advertising their wonderful product. Uh, If you buy anything right now uh, from Amazon, uh, please buy through us. Go to sunranto.com slash shopping. Uh, Buy the stuff you're going to buy anyway. Just use our Amazon search bar there and um, we get a little bit of a kickback. 
uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, go to patreon.com slash sunranto. Check it out over there. Everything is over there unlocked. So, um, and become a subscriber if you want. Buck a month. Uh, that's all it costs. And then, you know, you know, you get your own RSS feed then, which is pretty cool because then you download the show automatically and, you know, that's cool. Less work for you. So, uh, anyway, uh, back to the show. It's a disheartening fucking situation we're in right now. It's truly. But to uh, try to stave off some of the disheartening situation that we're in right now, let's have a story. A crawly story. I, I need a drop for this, too. Crawly story time or something like that. <laughs> some some soothing strings and like ding, 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 something like that. So, Crawley, so take I take it away. I, I, t- I take you back to March 31st, 2008. The Cubs are coming off. Uh, they were the Central Division champs in 2007. Uh, they signed the hot free agent, Kosuke Fukudome. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was a, an exciting time to be a Cub fan back then. And uh, March 31st was, you know, the usual typical opening day, cold and raining. And, uh, you know, uh, we were sitting there and they were going to be doing this uh, statue dedication for Ernie Banks. So they had this beautiful, they had this area kind of right, right at the very corner of Clark and Addison that was completely like kind of like barricaded off to everybody pretty much. And people were starting to line up. And I was running a blog at that time, Crawley's Cub Kingdom no longer exists, but uh, I used to, I was taking pictures for it, you know, and you saw the big blue tarp over and I was just getting some pictures and I'm walking back to the bar and this tiny little old lady comes up to me and she says, excuse me, do you know where the VIP section is? And I, and I kind of just look at her and I'm like, I know who that is. It was Jack Brickhouse's wife, Pat. So I said, okay, ma'am, yeah, let me take you to your, to your seat. So I put her arm around my arm and, and, and I basically bypass all of Wrigley security. I'm like, excuse me, I'm with, uh, I'm, I'm with Miss Brickhouse. We, you know, we need, I need to get her to her seat. So... You know, I get her to her seat, which is in the very front row, and uh, there I am. You know, and, and I totally don't fit in. It's all like suit and tie. You know what I mean? Those yeah, kind of guys. And, and you're you're wearing a jersey that says Crawley. <laughs> I got I, yeah, and, and and every time this happens, I swear to God, the, the Cubs management has to look around like, how the fuck did this guy do this again? But, again, there he is. <laughs> so and they don't want to make a scene now, but so I'm sitting there, and you know, I'm like. So you're, I'm looking around. It's every like political dignitary in the city. I know. I remember Dick Durbin was there. Uh, Jesse White, Jesse Jackson, uh, Blagojevich was there, and then you had uh, Ron Santo, Fergie Jenkins, Minnie Minoso, Hank Aaron. I'm just in heaven, and I'm like, I can't like ask any of them for pictures. You know what I mean? Because now I'm, then I'll totally get ratted out. But I did manage to sneak one picture, and it was with Yosh Kowano. Yes. So. Sorry, I got a yo. It's okay. I got a Yosh Kawano picture. That was the one that if I said if I get kicked out for any reason, I could at least have the picture. I'm getting my, so, myself a Yosh. Yeah, hell yeah, Yosh. I mean, so I every time a, I walk past his name, it makes me get a little teary eyed. So I walk past. So I got my picture with Yosh, and I'm kind of, and I was, and I was about 15 feet away from Ernie Banks when he gave that speech, and and I still every time I look, and I remember him. He pulled, you know, he pulls the blue tarp out and the. You know, everyone's pictures are going crazy. And all the workers at Wrigley were up against the fence looking down from above, you know, watching the ceremony. And Hank Aaron gave a great speech, and so did, uh, you know, his teammates. But Ernie's speech, he was really – he had a cold that day. He was a little under the weather. COVID. But I just, it was past, it, patient zero. 
He had COVID. <laughs> oh, he started this shit. But the, I still, to this day, get those tingles when I when when he's when that that even when I'm not here, I'll still be here. I remember him distinctly pointing in the statue and that smile that he had, and it was just such a great memory. The Cubs played the Brewers that day, and that was also the game that Fukudome hits a three run home run in the bottom of the ninth. That was Eric amazing. Danian. That was so good. And that was the only time, because I've sat the whole time I've been a season ticket holder is the very first row of the upper deck on the left field side. That was the only time I almost died because I had a friend of mine who was really gigantic, like a tall guy. And when <laughs> Fukudome hit that home run, I jumped into his arms, but he wasn't expecting me. He almost toppled me over. <laughs> and then he threw almost threw you over the upper deck. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, but at that, least... That, the Cubs lost that game, but that memory of uh, which is the anniversary today, the twelfth year anniversary today of uh, of the dedication of the Ernie Banks statue. Uh, you know, it just when that popped into my memories today, it was like, wow, what a what a what a what a great memory that was, and and you know how I was able to bullshit my way through so, there. So we were technically wrong. That was March thirty first. So there was a game in March at Wrigley Fields. So this oh, wouldn't have no, been the I've first one. No, I've games in March. All right. I, I was figuring it was the first time, but I guess I guess it happened before because I I used used to remember it o- always opening in April. But was that actual opening day? Opening day, like opening the season. That the season that was it was the, right. This opening opening the season. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I remember sitting in New York watching that game, being so excited, and thinking that Kosuke Fukudome was going to like lead us to the uh, promised land. That oh yeah. You still see a lot of Fukudome shirts out there. Those those shirts are twelve years old now. You know the the jerseys, I, the Fukudome jerseys. Yeah, yes, they're absolutely. everywhere. Because we I all remember um, being just as a fan, and I was like on the uh, first baseline getting an old sal at a beer cart right by the old stadium club, and they had a TV because the vendors were allowed to have like their own personal TVs or radios back in the day, and we had signed Fred McGriff. <laughs> and everyone was like blowing their load running around going we got the crime dog we got the crime dog and so after that i was just like i don't think anybody's going to take us to the promised land i think the whole team needs to you know <laughs> yeah yeah i was at the the game when we first got nomar garcia para yeah and everyone was uh chanting nomar with the boston accent yeah yeah that none of that panned out <laughs> yeah <laughs> none of it panned <laughs> not out. at all but at least, well, that's a that's a really nice memory, Crawley, and it really cracks me up. I do. I actually don't know how you do it. Uh, you know, I know, but, but I feed off of what you can do. Like, it, how many times have you got me in the front at Cubs convention? All the time, and I'm getting yelled at. They're like, "Get out of here! You weren't here before." And I'm like, "No, I'm with him." And they're like, "Oh well," and I'm, I'm going to get you in trouble eventually. Um. Yeah, there's been a couple times where we pulled that off where all of a sudden, like, at some point, like, I make eye contact with either Crane or or, or, or Tom Ricketts or something, and they're just like, he fucking did it again, you know, he's just not going to make a scene. I love it. Well, because you just act like you'd belong there. That's the key. <laughs> and and quite frankly, you do. If there was ever, like, somebody that we would elect to be the spokesman for the, the fans, like, you know, like the third estate, you know, if you will, like in the French Revolution times – when they had, you know, the bourgeoisie and the and the, but the third estate was the people. Like that's who the you, common people, yeah, the common people. I would definitely vote for you to be our third estate guy. 
you know, I, I appreciate that, you know, I, and, and it was, like I said, it was, it was amazing to be like, you knew when Ernie was given that speech, that, that was just going to be one of those moments that stuck with Cub fans forever. Yeah. Um, so there is a little bit of Cubs news. I mean, not any at all. I don't know if you guys saw Anthony Rizzo on ABC news, but, um, he was just, uh, he's such a good guy and, oh, and yeah. just made me feel so proud to be a Cubs fan in that moment, seeing him talk. And he's, he's really well-spoken. He's like, you know, we, we feel like we've known Anthony since he was a kid in many ways, you know, like what was it? 2003. Then we got him. No, I mean 2013. No, no, 13, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what? yeah, sorry. No. I tell no. you the concussions and, and the malor. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but what, 2013, 12, 13. When we signed him, yeah. No, that or, was like not signed him, 12, but yeah. uh, we traded yeah. for him. We traded for him from the Padres. That was like uh, Theo's early move. I want to say it's 2011. That was the uh, Andrew Kashner for uh, right for Rizzo. Yeah, doesn't, twelve was his first season. So we've seen. He, um, I'm sorry, Danny. Doesn't he have like the dis- the distinction of being the only player in the history of MLB that was on a hundred losses, hundred wins, and then won a World Series three years? You know, yeah. Isn't that, that is like? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And, I I always like remember that stat, and I'm like, it's one of those weird. One of the reasons why I love baseball is stats like that that really matter for not, but they're also really cool. And what's really cool to me is just seeing him out there. He's feeding what p 100,000 meals to to uh, medical workers or something like that that uh, they provided or given $100,000 or something like I don't know what it was exactly but he was the, the representative for basically like on ABC Good Morning America for being like uh, you know baseball players doing good for people in this time of trouble and I was so proud to be a Cubs fan and see him up there so I just kind of want to acknowledge that um, but you, you guys saw it or no? Yeah, he's doing a lot to help, um, uh, people that work at hospitals, the, you know, the people that are, you know, risking their lives to help other people. Um, they're, they're you know, sending over tons of food, like really like good cooked meal, good takeout and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, he's just such, like you said, just such a great guy and he steps up in so many different ways. And a lot of it doesn't get publicized. A lot of the stuff that he does with the Lurie's children hospital, Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the kids with cancer and, and stuff, there's a lot of times where he'll make trips out there that, you know, don't make the, the blogs or Twitter or anything like that, but just, just a good dude, you know, good heart. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and uh, it was nice to also to see, to, uh, talking about taking care of people, but that the, M- the minor league players are going to be making at least $400 a week, at least until the end of May. But then it, I don't know. Did you read their statement? today the MLB because they this is when they announced all this stuff and and that's really cool because that's actually a raise for some players 400 bucks a week and you know and that's great I mean I, I think you could live off that you know and I mean I know I could I could probably still get drunk every single day and live off that <laughs> but but you know the the statement and I don't have it in front of me but it seemed weird it was awkward everything was awkwardly and technically phrased in it it was posted on the ranchers page by somebody and I was going through it and I was like, I kind of don't understand what they're talking about. You know, everything wasn't clear. And then I was kind of like, well, when that's the case and I don't understand what the fuck they mean, it means they're trying to fuck somebody over because that's always what that means. 
It was, um, yeah, it was, it was weird on how it was worded and it was almost like patting themselves on the back for like doing the bare minimum, I guess. I don't know. It just, it kind of came off as a little tone deaf. Oh, there's, there's been all sorts of that running through uh major league baseball and ownership and all this, like totally patting themselves on the back for doing, like you say, the bare minimum, like, and it feels like they have to be drug into doing the bare minimum it's not like they're coming out there and you know well for fuck's sake it's goddamn march 31st we've been shut down for two weeks and all these guys have been sitting there for two weeks that they employ and you too val you know they announced this million dollar thing but you don't know what the fuck it means like all of a sudden you're just gonna get a 200 dollar check and they're like yeah well you know we had to pay the you know the front office and like out of the is the front office in- included in this well, from what I was told and from everything I've read is that it was um, day of game employees. Now, to me, that would imply people like me versus front office people, because if I'm not mistaken, they're salary. Yeah, they're you know? salaried. Yeah, um, so they're I, just still I do there. know uh, friends of mine that work at, you know, I don't work at United Center anymore. I resigned in 2017, but um, friends of mine that still work there, uh, they were told that they were getting checks. Um, I can tell you exactly what they told me, actually. I won't tell you who because it's not my right to do, but. Um, Just tell us the drunkest person that ever got a check. <laughs> <laughs> Her name is Val Capone. No. Um, United Center sent a letter that said employees would be paid for games March 13th through the 27th in a supplemental check this week. So. You know, it, we have no idea how long that's going to go for, if they're going to do it repeatedly. I know that Rocky Wirtz is very into making sure his staff is taken care of. I can speak from that. He's a wonderfully generous guy, and he's very nice, and he actually does give an F. You know, he does. And Jerry Reinsdorf, you know, like between um, the two of them, I guess the, the Hawks and Bulls and White Sox are all taking care of their day of game employees. So I can only imagine that the Cubs will do this, a similar thing. But again, we don't know how much or when or I mean, I did get messages from my union stewards saying who is going to work with you on opening day and the first busy series so we can make sure that, you know, the people that would have been working are the ones getting paid rather than because I have eight different people that I cycle into my beer stand. But that doesn't mean that they're all going to get paid for opening day if they weren't even scheduled to work. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, they'll so, probably go on the average of what you did last year or whatever it is. Which, I mean, yeah. as I said, for minor league players, this $400 a week, and this is a travesty, for some people, that's a raise right now. Right. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll you know, I, I'm going to stay on it because, you know, a million dollars is not enough from a multi-billion dollar corporation like Major League Baseball I'm I'm kind of annoyed that it's not more. Now, by the way, they're floating it, and they did in this press release, they're floating it as $30 million from MLB as opposed to a million dollars per team because they probably realized that that didn't sound like enough. Right. So $30 million, I mean, they're like, oh, $30 million, and, they're, and people are going to think like, oh, Cubs are giving $30 million, or you know what I mean? Like it's, it seems like yeah. a snow job. I don't know. I mean, and to be honest with you, I'm thankful for anything they throw our way because my dad, uh, you know, he's a union stagehand. He runs the stage crew at the Aragon and he has a crew of a hundred, you know, guys and girls that work shows with him and he does it all over the city. So he's out of work too. So I'm going to cover as much of like his rent as possible in addition to my bills, because 
my 72 year old father should not be having to worry. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no. So Danny, I'm taking a look here at this right here. The press release today from MLB. There is a new one today. Uh, it says MLB extends support for minor league players. And like, like we were talking about just the, just the wording is just, it's awkward, right? ML, Major League Baseball announced today it has extended the league-wide initiative of financial support for minor league players through May 31st or until the beginning of the minor league season, whichever occurs the first. MLB is taking the additional step to continue assistance to minor league players and their families during the unexpected postponement to the start of the series. Kind of toots there. And then all of a sudden it goes into the exceptions. The exceptions to the plan are players who are assigned to major league contracts Players who are already receiving housing, food, or other services from clubs. Right, which might be some guys that are, you know, just like, hey, we got you this apartment, you know, that's your 400 bucks. And players on the restricted, voluntary, retired, disqualified, or ineligible list. In addition, each club will make its own arrangements to support, to provide support to players on Dominican Summer League rosters during the same period. Dominican Summer League? The fuck is that? It's it's uh it's what you call it. It's like a. Uh, I mean, I know like about a, winter league. Right, I, they have a summer league too, I believe. It's hot as shit down there. God damn. Um, this is where I got confused. Major League Baseball has informed minor league baseball that major league clubs are unable to supply their minor league affiliates with players as a result of the national health emergency. All MLB clubs are now in the process of informing minor league players of their of the suspension of their uniform player contracts. Right. Doesn't it seem like they fired the entire minor leagues? Yeah, that's I mean, well, that's they kinda what... they kinda have to to get them unemployment. I mean, I'm not fired from Nisei, I'm not fired from Wrigley, I'm laid off. And they have to. They have to do that in order to get us unemployment. That's gotcha. the only way I can claim unemployment benefits. That's why I only worked like the one hour shift here and there because you can still work on unemployment. It just has to be a minimal amount less than what your benefits are. So, you know, part of the problem though with this is, is that before this all happened with Corona, that that there was a lot of talk uh, by MLB of contracting the minor leagues, uh, getting rid of a whole bunch of minor leagues Mm -hmm. uh, uh, teams and th- there's going to be unintended consequences of this type of situation. And this could potentially be one of them is that when they come back, when baseball comes back, do they come back with the full slate of minor league teams or be- will they be able to contract it because of all this stuff that's going on right yeah, now? Yeah, they're like, oh, sorry, we can't do it right now because of Corona. So uh, we're just going to lay everybody off so you can get unemployment. And here's your 400 bucks a week. And then when we come back, we're going to have the 69 less teams that we were planning on. I don't right. Know, that's, that's what I'm worried about. That, that's where I'm concerned. I get the, the logistics of it, but it just sucks because of the timing of how MLB was already kind of starting to float that bubble of, we don't need as many minor league teams. Right. Yeah. It's, it seems like a snow job. I, I you know, I, I already thought about this, that everybody's going to take advantage of this moment because the assholes that were the assholes before are still assholes. And they're not well, going to change. And they all did it during the 2008 thing, too. Like, they all took advantage of that shit. Uh, you know, buying up houses and properties and shit and then, you know, turning them when the, you know, when the prices went up later. Oh, sure, yeah. That's a big problem out here in Denver. Yeah. 
So uh, I, I, I do want to point this out. I don't want to get too too into it, but uh, you know the, the, the we don't know when the season's going to start. So I don't think there's even any reason to speculate about it. But I I do see that Korea is playing. Um, it's only a, it's a country of like ten million people or something like that. It's not that big. Um, and I believe it's just South Korea, not North Korea, that plays in this <laughs> in this season. But um, the players are playing with masks to nobody, no fans. So I was thinking, because it looks like you know when the season does start up, if it does start up, it might start with no fans in the stands. So wouldn't it be fucking cool if like everybody got these cool ass Nike masks made with like their numbers put on it and shit? Like, because fans would buy that shit because now we're all supposed to wear masks anyway when we go out in the city. Danny, don't give that shit to Nike. Let's we need to do that. All we need is blue mask, red numbers, and we can sell them through our complicated T-shirts store store. I don't know. Cool. I actually, uh, I don't know if you remember in 2017 when uh, we were in the uh, when the Cubs were in the NLDS versus the Nationals, and uh, there was a thought that uh, Steven Strasburg wasn't going to pitch Game Four. Oh yeah, the mold, the mold game, the mold. Yes, the mold game. So my dad, <laughs> we lost. My dad, he's like, I've got twenty thousand masks already. <laughs> <laughs> so my big moment has finally arrived. But uh, no, my dad and I. My dad and I wore masks to that game and we put uh, like, you know how like sometimes some of the uh, secure, the people that work at Wrigley, they'll give you stickers. They Like my friend gave me two cub stickers and we put it on our mask. It looked kind of cool. Do you still have the mask? No, no, no. After they lost, we were kind of pissed and we, they threw it in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now you need that mask. Now that mask could save a life. Um, but no, you're right. Uh, we should make our own Cubs masks. Can but you they- make me one? Because I'm immunocompromised and I'm poor. <laughs> yeah, but we got to make them cooler. See, this is what I'm, uh, you know, you know, fashion designers right now, and they will already do this on the runways and, you know, Paris and whatnot, where they'll, they'll have some weird, uh, you know, runway, you know, model coming down and she'll be like dressed as like, you know, uh, I don't know, she'll be wearing some like weird fucked up burka looking thing or something, you know what I mean? With a mask and, you know, they already do stuff like that. So, you know, some fashion designer right now. Is sitting there being like, "Ooh, I'm going to make the coolest designer masks," and that's what I think the MLB players should do. But at least Majestic and Nike needs to get on it. A friend Actually, of mine, the one group. Go ahead, Val. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say a friend of mine in LA. Um, she used to play roller derby, and she used to work for Barry Manilow as one of his uh, costumers, I guess. And so that's what she's doing now that she's not able to tour. She's just making masks for people. And for, sending them out for, for Barry Manilow. She's making masks for Barry Manilow. She's making maskalos. No, um, I don't know if she's making them for Barry himself, but she used to work for him. And uh, yeah, she's amazing. Hitney Fears is her name. Um, so uh, no, that's a great just name. so you guys, just so you guys know, though, Fanatics is a group that uh, I, you know, um, they they make you they make shirts uniforms they do all sorts of memorabilia stuff but they they already started they're shifting production away from jerseys uh, to masks and gowns so if you yeah, take a look not, um, they're not they're, making they're cool this, ones though like what are we all supposed to walk around looking like idiots no they're they're the pinstripes so the oh. first batches are the first batches of these 
you know, uniforms that you could buy from a store somewhere. It basically is just like the pinstripes. It doesn't have the patches, but uh, they had Phillies and New York Yankees ones that they're using and they're sending out. That's awesome. Phillies? Why the fuck do they do the <laughs> Phillies? Fuck the Phillies. The Yankees, I, don't know. Maybe I understand. Maybe their jerseys like don't they... sell good. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I would love to uh, to get, like, some really cool-looking masks. Because, like, even if even if you don't have an actual, like, what do they call it, the, you know, VF69 mask or something like that, what's the one that you're supposed to have? The 95? 95. Yeah. So we'll make the 69 mask. Yeah, the <laughs> SR69. The SR69 mask. And, yeah, the SR69 mask, and we'll sell that. And it'll just, I, I don't know, we'll put Cubes fan on it, you know. Ranter. Uh, bull penis. Thank you. Oh, yeah. There you go. Bull penis. Hashtag. We'll do it. put all all the catchphrases on there. An honorary John Baker Day uh, mask and shirt and uh, gown. Oh, my God. Maybe that's what we sell this year. I'm going to text Ali- him. Ali- I'm, Ali- I'm, mask, I'm, I'm texting John right now. I'm like, we're selling <laughs> masks this year. You know we are. Um, Yeah, we got to do that. So, and I did want to point this out, too, uh, that you know all the cubs blogs and well some of the podcasts and stuff they're they're kind of in every in the same boat as all of us right now what, especially because there's no cubs news like even less than the off season when we were like thinking that there was going to be a season there's less news than that so i know that they're all all their clicks are down and their you know their traffic's down which means they get less money too so go and they're all still trying you know i read a great article uh, with Rachel, uh, an interview with Rachel Folden that was done by Cubs Insider. I, I assume it was Evan Altman that did the uh, the interview. It was really in depth, and she went way into like how the new technology is, like how players are tracking the ball with their eyes, and she talked a lot about her coaching philosophy and, and about a swing being of a fingerprint of a player, and it was all very interesting. It's very in depth and long, long interview. And yeah, you know, I can't say I was totally interested in everything that you know was being talked about, just because it's like I'm not a baseball player, um, I'm a fan. But one thing I did think was interesting is how she talked about that she does not feel that there's as much of a barrier to her being a woman working in baseball than there is the fact that she doesn't speak Spanish, which mm. I I th- thought was a great um, kind of. I don't know, progressive thing for her to feel. And I'm, I'm glad. And she said that, um, you know, the Cubs that she works with, uh, which is mostly in the younger generation, kids in their 20s or, or, or even teens, you know, and, and even younger because she runs a hit lab for even young kids. In fact, yeah, I, in the article, you can see how you can sign up to get hitting advice from Rachel Folden. But um, anyway, I just – I. I, what I want to encourage everybody to do is to go to these websites, Cubs Insider, Bleacher Nation, Bleed Cubby Blue, click on their shit, improve their traffic. You know, what the fuck else are you doing besides being in the stay in fuck, the fucking side video and uh, drinking heavily, which I know. And, uh, most, most you know, Danny, I think this is a good kind of spot to end it on here because, you know, a lot of these people, not only are they our friends, 
but they produce some of the best content out there. They've completely changed the game and how baseball's covered. When you talk about uh, all the guys at Bleacher Nation, our friends at Real Cub Insider, uh, you said Bleed Cubby Blue. I know Cubs Den's another one. I mean, the way that the, these people, this is their jobs, and, and the way that they get money is through clicks and advertisements and if nobody shows up to their site because there's no baseball then you know again like and and like val was talking about earlier this this is prime time for not just you know for the bars around wrigley for the restaurants around wrigley but also for these um the blogs for these for these blogs this is where you make your this is where the most traffic comes in you know, people go for the for the recaps or to see what they missed or even to just like participate in chats or whatever. So these these guys are going to be hurting. Yeah. The longer this I goes mean, on. I lost my outside the Ivy job so far. You know, like if, even if, if they play half a season, then I'm out three grand or something like that. You know, so it's like, yeah, it fucking sucks. So it but everybody's hurting. So like if you can do something like click on an article and get somebody a penny. That all adds up, you know, to getting these guys, um, you know, getting everybody paid, get getting everybody through this, um, because obviously a lot of the ad revenue is going away. But I, I also wanted to, you know, just shout them all out and say that they're still all trying to put out great material too. Like uh, Cubs related podcast had uh, Brennan Davis out on, on the show. Uh, with Corey and Brendan on Cubs related. I, and he seemed really cool. Give that a listen. That helps them get that downloaded. You know, all those clicks, you know, even if you just feel like, it, oh, fuck, fuck this. You know, I don't have time to listen to this right now. Download it anyway. They get a penny and it all adds up. Um, So I guess uh, another bit of Cubs news is that uh, two Cubs employees have COVID. We don't know who. But it's it is touching all of us, so I don't I don't I just wrote that down and said it. <laughs> well, it was um, it was it, we had a a rally uh, the first time they've ever done it actually. Uh, it was March eighth at the ballpark, and so myself and anybody else that was working at spring training, not a part of that. So all the players are fine, all the coaches. It's just again the day of game staff. So. I, I'm just really scared for whoever it is. And, you know, we're, we don't know who it is because we need to protect their privacy, of course, but there's a lot of wonderful elderly folks that I work with that are like my ballpark auntie, or now that my grandma's passed, they're my ballpark grandma. And, you know, it's really kind of scary. Yeah, it is. So we wish them well. I just wanted to, to acknowledge them. And, uh, and everybody like just stay safe. Um, uh, the last thing somebody wrote here is neutral sites for the playoffs, which I did read that. I kind of hate the idea. I don't know. Dome stadiums. Yeah. That's, that's just something out there. I actually went through and figured out like what would be, uh, you know, good spots for each team, you know, have four sites and then just split the teams up based on, you know, where they're at in the country. But where do you think? I mean, Milwaukee for us. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I tweeted it out. You can see them all. If anybody wants to go to at Cub X3, they can see, I just put like, obviously the Northeast would be in Toronto and the Midwest is mainly going to be in Milwaukee or Houston. And then the West would be uh, like in Arizona. 
Like you could also do the Mariners, but they're farther away from everybody. And Washington has some of the worst COVID stuff. So, you know, you go Arizona there. Yeah. It's all weird. And, and, you know, I think a lot of it, we don't get to decide what happens here. The virus does. And, uh, that's where we're at. Um, I was going to review Ian Happ's podcast a little bit. I have it written down here. He's uh, put out two episodes. I won't because uh, we're going long here, which I'm, I'm fine with because, like, what the fuck else are we doing? But Well, and we can always hit that on the next show. Yeah, yeah. maybe there'll be another episode. But uh, give it a listen. Uh, it's You know, I can't say that, you know, I was I, – I can't say it's a great podcast because mostly because I'm at 45 and they're 22. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just like a bunch of twenty-two year olds. But it's nice to hear the Cubs talking. Kyle Schwarber though came on the uh, the last episode, which it was great to hear about his uh, tw- twenty sixteen comeback with the injury and stuff. So give that all a listen. It's definitely uh, a uh, a work in progress. I never judge a podcast by their first episode. These are but but just a bunch of young dudes, Cubs minor leaguers talking about what it's like to be in the minor leagues and i and the and i will say this like in the first episode i was like oh god remember in the last episode of this show when i was like everybody's trying to be me well then Ian and having a podcast well now ian haps that fucking guy too next right. next thing he'll be like doing a crowdsourced music video <laughs> can i just say real quick i know we were talking about uh tony rizzo dance party being so generous and kind just a couple of props to Kyle Schwarber. He's been feeding the men and women that are working out of Engine 78, which is the firehouse at Wrigley. He's been making sure that they're fed through their shifts. And if I'm not mistaken, I swear I saw like Demo's pizza boxes and some of the pictures. So he's not just feeding the people that work in the neighborhood protecting us, but he's helping to feed them from the neighborhood. So props to Schwarb. Yeah, he's big into like helping first responders because his whole family is uh, cops and firemen and stuff like that in, uh, from Ohio. So give that a listen. Um, but speaking of being a neighbor, and we'll move right into TFCs, uh, these flexing cubes. Um, I, I'd like to flex for a moment because, uh, I, you know, every time Tom Ricketts gets on the stage, he's been saying the same fucking thing for like eight, nine years, which is, uh, we want to bring the World Series to Chicago, and we're get- now it's uh, we're going to do it every year. We're going to be competitive, and uh, but he also it talks about being a good neighbor and giving to charity, and he and the whole family Hi, also. My name is Al Capone. Give me your money, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and he also talks about that, but you know, he they also put up a candidate to run for alderman so they can get their shit done in Wrigleyville. Right, you know they've been they did that a couple years ago or last year. They lost. If that's what he wants, then put up some fucking billions right now, Tom. You know what I mean? Like now is the time. You want to buy an alderman? You know, be a good neighbor, help the people in the actual neighborhood. But you know the thing about it is, I think that they want all those bars to fail. They want Nisei Lounge to fail. They want G-Man to fail because then they get the business. And everybody's in Gallagher Way paying $2 more for a goddamn 312. Or they just buy those they buy those buildings up and they switch them to some high-end fucking yeah. bistro or something. Exactly. Exactly. Which is what they've already proven themselves to do, to want to do. Everything they opened is like that. So I'm just saying, Tom, 
stick, you know, I, I, I know he listens to the show, so I'm just going to speak right to him. Tom, <laughs> you know, uh, you step up. Use your billions right now, and you can buy every fucking alderman for the next 50 years. But the longer you stay silent and don't help the people in the actual neighborhood, you know, except for your fucking measly million dollars from the Cubs, which we pay for anyway as fans, then, uh, you know, you're not doing the one thing you said you were going to do, which was be a good neighbor to the actual neighborhood, which is the bars and the restaurants and everybody that works there and lives there. Not just the people that will let you have more night games and concerts. Got it, Tom? Thanks for listening to the show, Tom. <laughs> there's, there's my TFC. Uh, there's one of mine. Does anybody else have another one? Yeah, yeah. I've got one. Go ahead, uh, Michael. Just talk okay. To- uh, <clears throat> oh, I don't think I will. Uh, mine's from Tory Hunter, the baseball player. But uh, there's some dude named Richard Schenk. I don't know. He's he's an old white dude, and he's holding in his hand, I don't know, a fucking curtain rod or some shit. Um, and he's got a, a ball on a tee and it's like a wiffle ball. And he's, sh- the video shows that you hold this curtain rod about halfway up and you swing, but the bottom end of the rod. So that would be like the knob of the bat hits the ball. Okay. It's really like, I don't know what the fuck he's trying. And, and, he doesn't explain at all in the video what he's trying to get you to do, but it's some sort of a drill. And uh, so this dude is just a random nobody. And Tory Hunter uh, retweeted it with a comment. This drill will most definitely give you a nice spot on the bench. So he just, he <laughs> just randomly picked some dude out of uh, the Twitterverse and fucking railed, on, railed him on him. And I thought it was hilarious. I was laughing today because Bob Nightingale tweeted out that Arizona Diamondback gold glove shortstop Nick Ahmed speaks for a lot of players when he says no one has appetite for an extended spring training and as a position player believes he could be ready in 15 to 20 at-bats. And uh, Jose Rubio says, how many at-bats would it take for a good hitter to be ready? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, Oh, shit. Nailed it. Like 236 lifetime batting average for Nick Ahmed. He doesn't need to get ready. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's been ready. <laughs> right, to, hit, right. to, hit, he's, to hit 236. <laughs> he's like, I bet I could hit 236, you know, with only 20 at-bats. Yeah, no up. problem. Well, I like this one. Uh, I, uh, TMZ Sports tweeted out that Joe Buck says, because he's been narrating random things like his friend's playing board games and shit and doing puzzles. Um, Joe Buck, um, or doing play-by-play for, I should say. So Joe Buck says that people keep asking him to narrate their sex tapes. Oh, my God. Uh, I saw saw that, and it made me shudder. Right? Well, uh, Francisco says, um, maybe with Joe Buck's beautiful voice, my girl could finally finish. And then he put a, a, a crying smiley emoji, so it was obviously a joke. Um, but D'Lo uh, mi- missed that and said, a lot going on here. <laughs> so I feel like that would kill any lady boner I had. I got to be yeah. honest. 
Well, I mean, for a guy, it might make a guy be able to last a little yeah, longer. Yeah, just I be know like, I, wouldn't uh, be able to I hate Joe Buck, you know, just like they say to think about baseball. That I mean, maybe the the uh, next move is to think about baseball announcers. <laughs> yeah, my my whole thing with that Joe Buck, like, why would you want him to do your sex tape? Because if you ever watch it again, it's just Joe Buck talking about something completely different than what's going on on the screen. I just, I, I, I just worried that he would compare me to Clayton Kershaw, and that would just throw me off. I don't know. That might, that might actually work for me now that we think about it. Your, your sex tape would be cut to that. Uh, there'd be a cut in it, and then we'd see Clayton Kershaw in his striped uh, tank top throwing. <laughs> Uh, oh so God. any any more TFCs out there? <laughs> no. Uh, this one kind of made me laugh uh, a little bit. It was uh, Complex wrote that R. Kelly wants to be released from jail because he's concerned about the Corona-19. And Ginnick from ATL says if it was Corona-15, he'd be cool with it. Oh. oh. Beautiful. Yeah. That is a great rip. Man, Crawley coming with the fire today. Yeah, good shit, good shit. Well, uh, Val, thanks for coming on the show. We'll have to do it again throughout the, you know, when we get back to uh, actual baseball or even before. Just, uh, yeah, yeah we didn't even you. really get to the secrets of Wrigley. We're going to have to have you on for a Yeah, special. we're going to have to do a special secrets of Wrigley episode where you, you let, well, th- that one has to go out to only like gold member ranters. You know okay. what I mean? For for some the of the Patreon, secrets. yeah, that's definitely a Patreon. Maybe even a five dollar level Patreon kind of thing. You know, like, you, gotta get, you gotta get some. I feel so classy. Yeah. So, but I really appreciate you coming. Well, we on we the don't show. want everybody in the same spot. You know, yeah, taking you, hits off their one hitters. Yeah, you know, exactly. The only spot you can go. Of course, so, maybe not anymore. That was old. That's old news, right? It's I, legal. I don't now. know. No, I heard now that they're going to shut down smoking altogether. At Wrigley Field is what I heard, ah. which is not going to go over well to a small minority of people. But um, well, anyway, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, passing the time with us. And of course, you know, please give to the GoFundMe for Nisei Lounge and for uh, G Man Taver. Those are my two haunts. That's where I'd give my money. And um, you know, just we wish you all the best. You know, on it, you know, Thank you're you. you're a you're a, uh, a a treasure to uh, to the the ranters group and uh you know i know everybody's hoping for the best and we're all in this together and uh, i don't know really i i have not known how to end a show since uh this all started except for at least we i can just say uh something stupid like spagog 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 i remember when i first figured out what that meant it blew my mind <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking me, it's fucking you. What a goddamn motherfucker surprise. Churches canceled, stores are closed. Nobody can pick their nose. And now you gotta stay the fuck inside. Stay the fuck inside.
of no one else Toilet paper off the shelves Taking the stock market for a ride No more shows or restaurants Scared ass fuckers buying guns And now you gotta stay the fuck inside Stay the fuck inside Little virus that's contagious in me And they're telling all the people to stay in quarantine And if you're talking to somebody, leave some space in between So we gotta help each other out and change our routine Till we flatten out the curve or invent a vaccine Slather on the sanitizer to keep your hands clean Is the craziest fucking shit that I've ever seen Nobody wants to get corona It'll kill you Especially if you're older So everybody stay at home And spend the next two weeks alone Stay the fuck inside I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, 
and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <laughs> 